Good evening. You're listening to episode 105 of Clemente's Corner. Thank you for listening. I had on Andrew Monroe. He is an author. He is a author. I said an author. Is that he's an author? He's a author. I think it's a author. He's a, no, it's an. You're right. I correct. Re back to what I first said. I'm going to restart. Good evening. You're listening to episode 105. I had on Andrew Monroe. He's an author. Yes, great author. He wrote a novel called A Leaf and Pebble. He's been working on it for eight years. It's his baby. It's the first book of a trilogy, so there's two more following up. Go to andrewamonroe.com. Pre-order that thing. It comes out like December 5th, I believe. Or you can go on Amazon. You can order it there. Get a... he doesn't have a or that that thing where you record your voice. Um, I don't know, but you can buy the digital copy, the physical copy. Go get it. He's an awesome dude. We talked a lot about. Uh, we didn't talk as much about his writing as much as we talked about just um, other aspects of his life. He's big on uh, fitness, nutrition. We talked about going vegan. Talked about eating healthy. Talked about working out, and the book as well. He's uh He's got good opinions on a lot of things. He's a smart guy, does a lot of writing, does a lot of cool things. We had a good time. As always, I feel like uh, my episodes have been really good lately, and I'm really proud of them. My last few episodes have been awesome. I've had on great guests, and we've just had you know, good back and forth, good conversations, good chemistry, and this one's the same. So I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to go ahead and play the intro. This intro is brought to you by Lake Dads. They've been on the episode a few times. Just one time, but they'll be on again later. This song is called Adoration, produced by Dolores. I should have Dolores on. But anyway, this is the intro. Please enjoy episode 105. great uh if you collapse or if it like locks out on you go ahead and give us another call and we'll see about needing to do surgery or not <laughs> wow and that cost me oh and i did pt in between that um the week before i like of the two weeks in between those two visits i did a week of pt for two grand for five sessions <gasps> yeah and then i need to get into physical therapy dude no kidding personal training stuff <laughs> i got back from with the bill and i was like 
because I'd already paid like $130 mm-hmm. a visit. And I was like, man, this hurts, but you know, it's okay. Like 120 bucks, you know, $500 deep or something. It was close to that. And I was like, worth it. I'm walking again. I'm walking a lot better. Came back, bill in the mail, another $1,500 owed. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> I was like, guys, what the hell? <laughs> I'd have to get a credit card. <laughs> well, no, that's exactly it. I'm like, here's my credit card. Let's, let's see what happens. <laughs> oh, that's rough. That's rough. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully no surgery. Yeah. Fingers crossed, dude. Yeah. Cause that freaks me out. I'm scared of needles. Yeah. I feel that. But from what you saw on that, I still haven't watched the documentary. I'll watch it tonight. You got to check it out. It's good. Or tomorrow. I'll watch it soon. I promise. Game changers, right? Mm-hmm. So is that, uh, what was I going to try to say? Is that one of the benefits of like veganism is like, Oh, you heal your tendons and, CLs. <laughs> the CLs. Sort of. So that is what the, the start of it is. The guy, the UFC fighter that is doing the documentary, that's how he found the veganism kind of stuff. The voodoo magic was he was trying to recover his knees, which is how it got recommended to me was some lady was like, oh, you have knee problems? Here's nice. this documentary about vegans that mm-hmm. you should watch and it makes you heal. So kind of their argument on that recovery aspect mm-hmm. is... If you're vegan, you have better arteries, less plaque, less buildup, um, less inflammation, mm-hmm. like systemically. And yeah. so because of that, you're able to heal faster and stronger and you come Let's back see. better from that. Gotcha. So it's less of the veganism fixes the knee. It's, it makes your whole body more efficient in the healing process or the recovery process. So it goes from healing, but it also applies to like weightlifting and training, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So that was their big thing was the recovery aspect so much better if you're not eating animal i don't know meats and fats and whatnot yeah have you heard of the the carnivore diet yes because i've i've heard about inflammation on that one i was actually doing that one for this month but i gave Mm -hmm. up already so that's hard to do in its other direction yeah like that is it's tough it's even harder yeah ben greenfield's all about it i think if it was him i can't remember i follow a lot of different people that have different stuff i'm about to listen to a podcast with him oh who is it it's called mind pump it's like these three guys who are personal trainers i got into it after Mm -hmm. i started personal training but Mm -hmm. they're pretty cool they haven't been great he he has some really cool stuff he actually same same aspect i heard i do weird stuff whenever i get hurt Mm -hmm. so i was having like some weird ibs like abdomen things going on went to the Mm -hmm. doctor blood work they couldn't tell me anything they were like now you're fine so i was listening to Ben Greenfield podcast and he was talking about using BP 157 to help speed up healing process on like injuries that he had Mm -hmm. and like as a side note he was like oh by the way if you have this weird specific gut problem and I was like hey that's me because I was like driving and not really paying attention I just kind of keyed into that moment I was like that is exactly what's going on with me he's like yeah they can't diagnose you but uh you can just you know shoot some of this BP 157 into your mouth and it'll fix your gut problems and so you had to, it's a whole roundabout thing where you had to order it online and get all these different stuff. And essentially I had hypodermics mailed to my house and got this BP-157 from some weird supplier somewhere on the internet and had to get saline solution, I oh. think. Or, uh, no, it wasn't saline solution. For your eyes. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a type of water. Um, obviously I'm not in medicine, but you have to get a still water or something like that. Mm. Um, it's non-bacterial water. 
static water. I can't remember. We'll have to look it up sometime. Sounds fun. But you had to mix them together and it gets you this solution that you can then like inject or drink. So I did it and it worked. I fixed my gut up and I was good to go. And I was like, dang, Ben Greenfield saving me. Don't even need kombucha. Nope. So love that. (laughs) But he does some other weird stuff that just too much for me, like stem cell injections into his dick. Um, Really? Why his dick? uh, He did a special for men's health where they wanted to know what kind of like treatments would give you a bigger, stronger dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like four, five, six months ago. Uh, it's He's on men's health cover. Mm-hmm. And so they had him do everything, you know, gas station over the counter pills, uh, oh, shit. light therapy, all this different stuff. And his, the one thing that he was like, this is what, this is what made it work was he went to Florida and they took stem cells out of his spine, which is supposedly just horrifically painful shipped it off to a doctor somewhere else mm-hmm. and then they were able to do something to turn it into like an injectable treatment and then they were able to ship it to him back at his house and like it wasn't like that was his option that mm-hmm. was the only way he could get this stuff to him in that order that's interesting because i thought that that was illegal in yeah. these states it so. is so that oh, was okay. that's the thing you can get the stem cells out of your spine mm-hmm. so one doctor in florida did that and i think there might be a few but it was like that was one of the harder parts was getting the stem cells out of the spine so i was in florida and then he had to get a different doctor that was also hard to get a hold of to do whatever they did to make it where he could use those stem cells inject directly into his dick yep and he was at home he had to do the injection himself which oh my god could you imagine that no (laughs) (laughs) i could not do that oh so but yeah he said that he did that for some period of time i can't remember and he said it was mind-blowing so don't tell the girls like we don't want them to know about that option for us guys <laughs> can't afford that option no well that's even... <laughs> yeah expensive like two trips of travel i doubt it was cheap just talking to the doctor but in the end it doesn't matter i'm not taking a needle yeah no way i don't even want to know the cost of taking stem cells out of my spine just that part alone is already like no nope, yeah. out of my price range <laughs> well i think he was doing it on men's health tab so mm. i guess there's that but still that's that seems weird though like i don't even my dick's fine the way it is i think you know? yeah that's it, what i tell works. myself too <laughs> the girls might not agree but you know what they're wrong <laughs> exactly but I guess we're good to go. You're listening to episode 104 of Clemente's Corner. I have on my guest, Andrew. That's me. I'm Andrew. Andrew Andrew Monroe. Monroe. (laughs) I was going to say your name, but I forgot it. Hey, dude, names are hard. Names are hard. And it's hard for everybody. People who are good at remembering names are just people who make a better effort about it. I don't think there's actually like people who are good at remembering names, Mm -hmm. just people who care more. And I'm not one of those people. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. I'm not one of those people either, as you can tell, because yeah. remembered your first name. That's half. That's half the battle. Well, so most of the time when I introduce myself, do you do this? Like, you know, you're shaking hands with somebody. Mm-hmm. Do you actually give them the full name, or you just like, hey, I'm Matt? It depends on like the setting. Like, if it's like a, I guess, like an interview or something, something mm-hmm. important, then yeah, I I give them my full name. But if it's like meeting a person, Matt, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, if I was going into an interview, I'd probably be like, yo, I'm Andrew Monroe. Mm -hmm. I'm a professional just like you. (laughs) But like... Throwing the finger guns. Yeah, that's that's once (laughs) in a blue moon. Generally, if I'm meeting someone at the coffee shop or like someone's introducing me, it's just Andrew. And then Mm -hmm. I feel weird because they're like, well, I'm, you know, 
whatever. They give me a full mm-hmm. surname with their first name, and I'm like, oh. They're like, Google me. Yeah, and I'm like, cool. Well, now I'm the immature one because mm-hmm. you gave me a last name, but I introduced myself first, and I'm just going to leave. I probably have a weak handshake, too. Seems like a preference thing. Yeah. You so ever, I don't know. You ever introduce yourself as Mr.? No. If someone calls me Mr., I'm a little freaked out. I'm 28, yeah. so like, I guess I should get over that. Uh, but I did a talk at Westover mm-hmm. uh, Middle School over the book I was releasing, am releasing, and I don't see kids very often. Mm-hmm. Like they don't happen in my day to day life, and it was weird. So I'm I'm at the school, and these kids are calling me Mister Monroe mm-hmm. and Sir and all this stuff, and I am just uncomfortable. And they're treating me like an actual adult, which I've never really thought of myself as. Mm-hmm. So I was there for like four hours, and it was, it was rough. Nice. I I could not handle. Did you that? <laughs> give multiple like, it, know, is speech the right word? <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Conferences. <laughs> yeah, they they put me in a library, uh-huh. and I didn't know what I was coming into either. I have a friend's mother who teaches there, and she was like, "Hey, come talk to our class about writing," and I was like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. So I showed up thinking I was going to talk to a class for like twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she actually wanted me there the whole afternoon and she brought all the classes. Nice. And so I was like, cool, cool. Did you get to eat in the cafeteria? No, I came after lunch. Oh. So I don't know. Does Westover have good food? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I do miss. Did you have uh, like the slice of pizza and the Doritos and the weird cookie in middle school? Yeah, like, we definitely had that. Uh-huh. That was like my go to. Probably not as. I think the, the Doritos were in the extra line and I was in the. My parents make under a certain amount, so I'm going to get this free lunch over here line. But, yeah, um, sometimes I'd go to the snack side. Where'd you go to middle school? I went to uh, Canyon Junior High. Okay. I don't remember how it worked. I remember being in line. I don't remember paying for food. But I don't know. I don't know if there was like a dollar amount. Because I'm sure I was in the same boat. Mm-hmm. I was. I remember I was getting free lunch until probably about eighth or ninth grade my mom became a registered nurse or whatever and then (laughs) (laughs) making the big bucks yeah then it moved up to like 40 cents and then eventually eventually it was like up to like a dollar something but by that time i'd already started leaving campus so i didn't care hmm i wish i remembered better but i don't know isn't it nice being an adult though like lunch rolls around you're like you know what having taco bell again today Mm -hmm. or in my case, I sometimes, if I'm really hungry and feeling really uh, bougie, I get 575. I just call it in. Oh, 575 is bougie. It is. It's so expensive. It's delicious, though. Yeah. Have I'm... you had that pizza that has pecans on it? Pecans? Yeah, my girlfriend gets it all the time. They have one with pecans. It's delicious. What's I forgot it called? What it, I forgot what it's called. I gotta, I'll have to text her and ask her, but it's it tastes it's like maybe it's not pecans it's like candied the candied almonds candied almonds that's what it is yes oh my god so it tastes amazing you know if you're looking for recommendations i get either the kamehameha or the leviathan and either way i go with it i get candied almonds and candied jalapenos put on top of it oh candied jalapenos that sounds good too they're so good they sell the candied jalapenos actually so you can get them in a jar and so i will Probably every other time I go in, I actually buy a jar of them. And that's one of my inspirations to go in is if I've run out of candied jalapenos at my house, Mm -hmm. 
I will go get pizza so I can go buy candied jalapenos That's your from them. Excuse. Like yeah. I need jalapenos, yeah. so might as well I, get pizza. I, I'm gonna go spend twenty five dollars <laughs> on pizza so I can get a five dollar jar. But uh, you know, today I put in some soup that I started this morning, mm-hmm. and it just they go with everything. I put it on if I'm making like steak mm-hmm. and eggs. I'll put candied jalapenos on it, and it goes from like a really basic, poorly done meal to like five star chef level just by putting the candy jalapenos that's on. how i feel whenever i put sliced avocados on something yes <laughs> like, now i'm a chef <laughs> i don't even avocados are weird they they show up in all these bougie places mm-hmm. and i can't replicate it and all it is they're not doing anything they're not cooking them it's literally they slice them and put it on a plate yeah but it tastes so much better when i pay five dollars for it than if i pay a dollar for an avocado and do it myself it's true. It's the, it's the salting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I've I've been to a place that had like fried avocado slices, and those are pretty good. I haven't but, tried that. I mean, it, unless torchies counts. God, no, I'm hungry. Yeah, now we're just talking about yeah. food. So, which speaking <laughs> of, uh, have you tried the mushroom stuff before? The coffee mushroom? No, this is my first time. So, did you? You were at Natural Grocery, and like, yo, give me that yeah, mushroom. Well, it was mix. in the it was in the <laughs> checkout line. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, I've heard, I'm pretty sure I heard on Rogan's podcast. Is it the little square, small pack? Yeah, little brown package. Yep, that's that's the uh, Four Sigmatic. I got that just the other day because it's right there and it was like 80 cents or something. Well, this and, one was like $1.20. They probably oh, marked it up. Dang it. Yeah. But yeah, I got that and had it at work and tasted good. Yeah, it's not bad. No, how do you, how do you like have a control to tell if it's doing anything different for you? That's the thing. It's like I've... I've taken brain pills before and I couldn't feel a significant difference. What'd you try? Uh, it's from Onnit. I can't remember the name of Alpha it. Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Onnit. It. I started. They're great. I got into Aubrey Marcus from Joe Rogan. I think all my podcasts have just stemmed out from Joe Rogan. <laughs> but uh, he's got his own podcast, and I. Mm-hmm. He seems like a cool dude. Like he always is like throwing a mace around, mm-hmm. and I want to buy a mace now because it looks fun. It looks like a good time. Dude, hit them up. So Black Friday on it will have, at least the past three years I've been paying attention to them, they have up to like 20% off their equipment. Nice. But I want to get some kettlebells too. Oh, they ke- they have Star Wars ones. You into Star Wars? I'm not, but I'll get oh. I'll get a Chewbacca. Well, I, Who doesn't like Chewbacca and Darth Vader? You know? <laughs> the Darth Vader one they have, I think it's like 45 kilograms. So it's like almost 100 pounds, mm. um, which is way too much weight for me. That's perfect. So they've got a they've got a Boba Fett, a Darth Vader, and I think a Stormtrooper kettlebell, but they don't have those for this sale. To fuck a Stormtrooper, <laughs> that'd be fun. It's a, <laughs> or, wait, did you say what is the fuck is a Stormtrooper? No, I said fuck a Stormtrooper. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's what I thought. They that haven't shot fun. anyone in like nine movies. You know, they did okay on that like village massacre in one of them. Really? They tried. Was that was that one of the Disney movies? Yeah, I need to watch those because I haven't heard, I haven't seen any of them. None of them. No. Disney Plus comes out in like two days, at least, of this recording. I've heard Disney did a really good job. So, it, I liked them, but I am like an obsessive. I've got a Star Wars tattoo. Like, you can't nice. take my opinion for anything more than a fanboy. But they, but they hold up as as a fanboy. I love them, but I will love anything that's Star Wars unless mm-hmm. they just they would have to go off the deep end hard for me not to like Star Wars. Uh, it's what I grew up reading. Mm-hmm. They just have a special place in my like little nerd heart whenever things get hairy like okay so growing up we were poor so my mom doesn't like blood 
and anything like that necessarily. So my dad was working long hours. My mom was taking care of me and my siblings. So for her to kind of quiet us down, she'd put on Star Wars and Mm -hmm. I'd be quiet, watch it, and she could go do whatever she wanted. So one day I stepped on a nail and like, we're talking early in the morning, like 9 a.m., stepped on this big rusty nail, went all the way through my foot. Damn, were we like in your house? Yeah, it was a crap house, like Mm. real rundown. Okay, maybe not that bad, like, but bad enough that there was a random rusty nail that came out of a wall or something. Mm -hmm. And and this is when you found out you had superpowers. No, this is when I found out that Star Wars is an anesthesia to nails. Mm. Uh, She sat me down and put the trilogy on until my dad came home that evening. I sat there with a nail in my foot for like nine hours. So, just chilled. (laughs) If you ever get dick injections, just put on some Star Wars and you know that might work. And hold on, honey, just just a second. I've I've got Star Wars on. I've got to get deep enough into it where I don't notice this big ass mm-hmm. needle about to go to my no no parts. <laughs> no, that's not gonna happen. No, there's there's a difference between a nail in the foot, yeah, and a needle in the dick. Definitely. So, take a nail in the foot every day. Yeah, yeah I take Over. a lot of them. I, I might give up a foot. Ah, that's tough. That's to keep tough. needles from going into your dick. Yeah. I, get, yeah. I don't know. I, I need to think on that a little bit more. And giving up a foot would be rough. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like the way technology's going, it'll only be a matter of time to where we have like fully functional like robotic appendages. You know, We can just have a robot foot that works better than a regular foot. They're getting close. I don't know about feet. I don't know if that's been on the top front, but some of those hands, mm-hmm. they're connecting them up and you can get you know, like mob- mobile hands almost with some weird mind connection to the robot thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hell, they have st- those toys that you put a little headband on your head and you can make a ball float off the table. And like, what? Yeah. It's like a, I think they're called brain trainers. And essentially you can do this kind of focused you, meditation thing. You can do the matrix. Yeah. They have a, it's like a maze, like an obstacle course. It's a big old box, probably half the size of a table. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe smaller depending on the size of your table. But it's got a little ball on it, and I think the ball has jets or something. I'm not really sure. But you can think in a certain way, and it makes the jets go off, and it, like, pushes the ball up. And you think a different way, and it pushes the ball across, and you can, like, move this ball That's through, like, hoops, kind of Quidditch style or whatever. And it seems it, impossible, honestly. When you first put it on, it's just, like, you're derping out. But yeah. then the more you do it, the better you get just like any video game or anything except for it's your mind controlling a floating ball Mm -hmm. and that's i saw that like four or five years ago that's crazy i've never heard of that Mm -hmm. i wonder if that like helps with like brain functions and i don't know there was diseases and all that jazz i I have no idea on that front but i mean the sauna stuff and meditation Mm -hmm. which i'm sure joe rogan and all those guys have gone over but i was trying to meditate in the sauna for a fair probably a year straight mm-hmm. where I was, I'd hit a workout and then 10 to 15 minutes in the sauna meditating afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that was like the only way I could get meditation in. Yeah. So I went to CES in January with some friends, which is like the consumer electronics show. Cause again, the nerd thing. <laughs> so, and I also have a gambling problem. So it's a good combo for me to, you know, but is it like, uh, you can gamble there in Vegas. Oh, I'm sorry. It was oh. in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of gambling. So like they're having it, at the convention centers, okay. at the casinos, because they're all hotels. Okay. I was thinking like Comic-Con, where you're like, I bet on this superhero. Or I don't know. That I don't know what cool. I was thinking. <laughs> Combine them in actual. No, it was actually like, you're just walking to the next like session, 
and there's a craps table and you're like, I've got $20 in my pocket. And then, <laughs> then you have $40 and then you have $0 and that takes like five minutes. And then you go to the next session and they had a really good panel on podcasting actually. Mm-hmm. And all the people that were like doing weird stuff about podcasting, but we were there and gambling and CESing. And there was a mental, I think it's called, well, I can't remember what it's called now. They put a little headband on your head and they have you meditate and the better you do you get all these like noises to like indicate you're doing well and then they have a printout that shows like you did well at meditating really and like how does i don't understand sorry to interrupt no no do you no, have more to go on no hit it okay uh meditating like mm-hmm. what is your procedure when you go into meditation mode are right, you just focus on breathing clearing your mind is it is it that simple is it something you have to like practice on and like, cause I don't, I've heard of meditating. Like I've tried to meditate and I've just tried not to move or think. And I don't know if I'm actually meditating. Like, <laughs> well, so that's kind of the point on yeah. the, the headband at mm-hmm. CES. But for me, I was just going to the sauna and I would just try and control my breathing mm-hmm. and think about my breathing. And I was counting, I think I'd be, you know, I'd count a breath in, count a breath out, count mm-hmm. a breath in, count a breath out. And then I'd heard that you're supposed to, you know, work on not losing focus on that pattern or that breathing. And so thoughts would come in and you're supposed to be like, hey, I've noticed that I stopped counting or that I'm thinking about something else. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to be like, cool, let's forget about that. Let's go back to the, the count or the breath. And so you work on it, you work on it. It's, it doesn't feel like you're doing much, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like it was hard for me to tell if I was doing anything right. Yeah. But that's where the the headband came in. So I had two friends with me that didn't do the meditation stuff. We put the headbands on. We meditate for 10 minutes at these people's direction. And they give us our printouts, and I blew them out of the water. Like, they both had, like, they meditated in, like, the air quotes Mm -hmm. for, like, two points. And I had, like, 15. A bunch of losers. Yeah. Make fun of them. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because, you know, I'm zen as fuck. (laughs) So it was kind of cool to see something like that because – I was like, I have no idea. I'm going to the sauna. I'm trying this thing. I don't know if it's working, but you just get better very, very slowly at, it's not ignoring the thoughts that come across or mm-hmm. kind of disregarding them. You just kind of acknowledge it. And then, then you're like, all right, cool. I got distracted. Let's get back to being focused. So I don't actually know if it did anything other than help me beat some people at CES at nice. meditating, which should not be competitive. So do you uh, meditate daily? No. No. It was just more of a sauna. It's thing. just in the sauna. I'm just, I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. I'm lazy and I don't want to do it at home mm-hmm. because I have like my Xbox or yeah. I've got books to read, um, you know, anything, food to I, eat. I love <laughs> the idea of, of meditation, but there's, yes. like, there's so many stimulating things everywhere I go mm-hmm. to where it's like, it doesn't even cross my mind. I'm like, meditating sounds mm-hmm. awesome. And then it just never happens. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. I've got an app that shoots me like a reminder every morning. It's like, Hey, you should meditate. And I'm like, not today, Satan. <laughs> so it, it really is. If I'm in the sauna, that's the only time I get it, which is probably three times a week. Mm-hmm. But I wish I could get on that daily practice. Yeah. But man, I can't even make my own coffee. Like I end up at palace way too much. That happens. So I don't know. Not the most responsible human being, <laughs> which is why when kids are running around mistering me or surring me, I'm like, you are, on the wrong tree. <laughs> I can learn things from you, child. <laughs> you at least do homework on a daily basis. 
That's funny. There's so many topics I could go off of right now. Well, what made you want to get into personal training based on what we talked about a little bit? I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. Well, like I said, um, I've always done, like I went to college mm-hmm. because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, and then sucker's I, game. Yeah, got a degree <laughs> and then I got out of college and I was like, I don't want to do any of this. I've just been doing sales jobs, office jobs, and I was hating it. Mm-hmm. So I thought, what's a good job? Like the only thing I want to do is when I found comedy, I didn't care about almost anything else. Wow, like, that must as... be nice to actually find a passion like that. <laughs> hey, yeah, I know what so, I want. <laughs> and so, like, my, uh, you know, I was unable to, like, give a shit about any other jobs I was doing. Right. And that's not a great thing. But <laughs> as I was sitting there um, in my at my insurance desk, like, doing nothing, I was just like, I want to leave. I like this money, though, so I'm going to stay a little bit longer. But I need to find something that makes me happy you know like nothing's gonna like satisfy me the way comedy does but i can find something close to that something that i enjoy something that i can wake up and go oh i'm excited to do this i can't wait to go do this all day and personal training was like the thing that i could think of the most aside from doing stand-up which doesn't pay or podcasting which also doesn't pay so (laughs) (laughs) it's a hard world out there (laughs) it is a hard world but yeah that's um and i plan on moving to dallas by the end of the year Oh, no way. Not this year, into 2020. And so, um, yeah, I want to just have as many, like, credits, certifications, as uh, good of a resume as possible. That way I can just, you know, hit the ground running, be like, okay, I'll do training, I'll do serving, bartending, whatever I need to do, mm-hmm. um, just so I can follow my passion. And hopefully enjoy the beginning of my day as much as I enjoy the end of my day, because that was, that was the issue, because I was just thinking... I don't have to care about my nine to five job. It can just be whatever. And then I was just listening to, you know, like a lot of podcasts where people are just motivational. It's just like, that's 40 hours of your week and you're going to be bored as shit mm-hmm. 40 hours a week. You're not, you're going to be unhappy 40 hours a week. Like, what's the point? Like, yeah, that's a chunk of your time. Go find something you like doing. And so that's why I landed on personal training. Gotcha. How's it going so far? It's good. Um, it's hard to get people in the door, man. <laughs> Especially in November when people are like, Oh, it's my time to get fat. I don't need yeah. it. I don't need a gym membership. <laughs> yeah, that's the two months I get. November and December. We don't have to, we, nothing counts. The calories don't count. Time yeah. doesn't count. January's coming. Mm-hmm. I've already messed up the rest of the year. And this is not me. This is people. Oh, this is uh, most yeah. people in yeah, general. Yeah, most people are just like, Nah, at this point, mm-hmm. we'll start again in January. They hit the gym for a little bit, yeah. they get discouraged try again in you know may when the summer comes around summer mm-hmm. and they're like well no one's going to see me shirtless again until mm-hmm. at least next year <laughs> so i'm not going to mess with it november comes around they're like wow holidays i'm out mm-hmm. so i don't know but but it's still sales right yeah it is it is still sales but it's it's something that i can actually i actually feel like i'm helping people like when i'm selling insurance i'm like i'm helping you but it's like i'm just trying to make money like i don't <laughs> That's that is the hard thing to do is find that equilibrium between providing the value that you feel happy about, mm-hmm. you know, getting people fit or helping them lose weight, or even you know if it's insurance, but like providing valuable insurance, like hey, mm-hmm. this actually helps you. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm scamming you out of your money. Yeah, which some of it is, some of it's not. You know, life insurance can be handy. No, there's, there's definitely mm-hmm. great value to insurance. It was just, but some of it's not. And yeah. 
it's a hard sell and it doesn't have tangible benefits. You're like, Hey, look, I helped. Oh, you're dead. Actually. <laughs> Sorry about that. But like told you so to your wife. <laughs> it didn't bring me any sort of uh, satisfaction. Like I liked selling. I liked, Oh, look, I got 15 sales this, this month. It's awesome. But it didn't, it didn't bring me any personal fulfillment. So I get that. And I mean, I totally get the fitness front because that brings me lots of joy, which is why I'm into that on it stuff. And mm-hmm the maces and all the alternative training why don't we have one of those gyms here that would be awesome some cool alternative fitness gym with maces and battle ropes and... that would be awesome that they just turned to that albertson's that turned into a cash saver on bell into something called true fit and i don't really yeah i don't really? know what it is but i just saw the sign up yesterday actually so well now i'm gonna have to go look and then there's a uh, on the boulevard that like, kind of behind the movie theater there's a new place coming up called i think it's called athletic edge but that's um, oh, Contagion Athletics. Oh, I yeah. Think. The way, huge I was building. way off. Yeah, Contagion. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even close. But that's like geared towards uh, like actual athletes. So Really? Yeah, I probably won't enter that place, but it looks awesome. I get that. <laughs> yeah, let me just hobble over there with my blown knee. Be like, excuse me. I would I would like to hang out with the guys, but like right now, walking's hard. But it sounds cool because from what I read online, like they want to have like high school practices, like football practices there. They want to have like a full, they're going to have a full 100-yard field. They're going to do volleyball, like track, all just kind of training, help athletes get faster, more mobile, everything like that. Like training, like legit, like high school, college athletes. So did you play any sports when you were in high school? I did. I played football and track. You have any like lingering injuries from misinformation, bad training? Luckily, no. Um, I had uh, this disease where you grow too fast for your knee bone and I had this thing called Oshgood Slaughter. But that's a mouthful. Yeah. But um it would just cause pain. I eventually grew out of it. I still have one knee bigger than the other, but mm-hmm. it's not like not a problem. Sometimes I get occasional knee pain um when I'm doing squats and stuff. My biggest problem in the gym is like my grip. Like when I'm trying to like deadlift a bunch, mm-hmm. my hands don't want to work with me. But <laughs> other than that I'm good. Those farmers carries, man, that's where that's at. Yeah, I need to do more of those for sure. I like doing those. Mm-hmm. They're good. I the reason I brought that up was I played tennis, which is not a horribly, you know, intact. That's not the right word. Contact is the right mm-hmm. word. It's not a contact sport. Yeah, but it's rough on your knees and everything. It's rough on your knees, your shoulders, but they would still have us in the gym. Mm-hmm. Like we would do regular conditioning, but they put us in the gym. And the misinformation we got between the stretching and how we played and how we recovered mm-hmm. and just all the different things that went around it as an auxiliary to Mm -hmm. playing tennis. I mean, I've got shoulder cuff, you know, rotator cuff problems in my shoulder, uh, back problems, knee problems. You know, I think I blew my knee because of high school. Uh, had a a rib that's jacked up from trying to bench wrong. Mm -hmm. All these things that if I had proper guidance, you know, that I, the stuff that people know as common sense nowadays Mm -hmm. because of companies like on it or, yeah, Whoever's out there passing out the information and doing the research, we shouldn't have that then. Yeah, that's true. Like, so. uh, and our weight room in high school was very basic, mm-hmm. and it was just bench, incline, squat, circuit. Yeah, I didn't learn how to squat properly until end of college. Maybe it might have been after college. Mm-hmm. It might have been a few years after college, really, before I actually started putting weight on the bar. Yeah, um, but I was at 135 pounds on my squat for seven years in a row because I didn't know what I was doing and everything mm-hmm. hurt my knees and it hurt my back. And 
Yeah. Squat scared me in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was terrified. <laughs> they probably taught you wrong as well. I thought my <laughs> knees were going to explode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, bad squat form, bad deadlift form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we didn't even, de- which is crazy to me. We didn't deadlift at all. We did uh, like the hang clean drop unders and all mm-hmm. those power cleans and yeah, all that. Having but we didn't do any deadlifts. Deadlifts would have been nice. Yeah. Now that you, you know the benefits of deadlifts. It would have also been nice to not be doing Olympic lifts as a 16-year-old. <laughs> like, we ain't ready for that. We don't know how to deadlift properly. What do you think we're going to do with a clean and press? Yeah, absolutely. That's mm-hmm. funny. So, I don't know. I got beef. But it's cool. Whatever. It's the, I heard uh, static stretching is actually supposed to be done after mm-hmm. a workout. Exactly. And we did that before every workout. So Every workout, every match, every mm-hmm. practice you would stretch for 10 minutes statically instead of doing any kind of dynamic stretching. And then no wonder we were blowing out, you know, <laughs> hamstrings and cramping quads and calves. And yeah. And that's like probably old school from like the forties. And mm-hmm. we just, it's a tradition that no one's ever questioned. Well, and if people aren't about it, you know, you obviously know, don't do static stretching before something active like that or mm-hmm. before lifting. I have, you know, friends who are in medicine who still do static stretches before workouts because they're operating off of old information like that. And they haven't done the deeper research into, you know, physical exercise and nutrition. So they're over here 40 years out of date with their exercise and nutrition information, despite having an MD. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That freaks me out. It's a very big thing Mm -hmm. is, uh, nutrition is barely covered for most medical doctors. I think it's six weeks. It's something I heard, or maybe it was less than that, but they, they do a really brief course on it. Mm-hmm. I need to ask somebody. I haven't actually asked any of my people what they did in nutrition. But, yeah, just goes through. And, you know, the vegan thing we talked about. Mm-hmm. If that's accurate, you know, I screwed up the last 28 years. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see how that goes. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of misinformation out there. It's kind of freaky that we're running around trying to make ourselves better and we could be possibly giving ourselves cancer you know yeah it's true like what things are going to come out in 20 years you're like oh i did that every day (laughs) like in the Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know what era it was like the Mm -hmm. 20s or 30s when doctors are like doctors recommend smoking one cigarette a day or whatever the hell they were doing like so nice relaxing feeling (laughs) it's great for you we promise it doesn't cause cancer uh that's brought up in that game changer Mm -hmm. uh, documentary they talked about like hey this is going to be the next smoking like Mm -hmm. The way we talk about meat and nutrition, that's going to be in 15 years, mm-hmm. like the, the new smoking, like don't do these things because when we knew smoking caused cancer, you had companies doing research, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was actually one company, but they're like, yeah, totally doesn't cause cancer. We proved it. Yeah. And they're like, nah, it does. It's like when they intentionally lied um, about the sugar and like cereals and milk mm-hmm. so they could the sugar industry could like pay off scientists back in the day. It's scary. Some shit went down. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you can't trust anyone. No and one then at that, all. That food pyramid, I don't know if they still have it circulating around where it was like, you need six servings of carbs a day. Mm-hmm. Like why, why do we need that many? <laughs> I, I heard about that too. They were trying to buoy the agriculture section or mm. sector. They were looking to help them sell more grains and stuff. So like, yeah, you totally need, these cereals and grains and breads and stuff because buying more of that made the American economy go up or something and helped farmers. So there was no research with it. They were just like, yes, this is totally (laughs) legit. Don't question it. That's how you need more bread than vegetables, Mm -hmm. of course. (laughs) So 
I just had a thought because I've got that ADD or something mm-hmm. or too much coffee today, which is actually probably more accurate. Um, I'm on my like fourth cup already. But have you listened to or okay, I listened to, which probably says more about me than it should. But there's a book that Aubrey Marcus released called Seize the Day. No, Own the Day. I'm sorry. Own the Day. Yeah, I have a copy of that. Yeah, have you read it yet? Yeah, I've read it. Oh, it's so good. That's really good. Um, the th- I thought the the parts about sex were funny. Like, yeah, who's having sex every day? <laughs> He's like, yeah, after dinner, bang your wife, and you're like, bro, you're hurting my feelings a little. <laughs> That's funny. I think I need to just have sex earlier. There's that too. All my sex is interrupting my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Are you like? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some personal questions Go here. So you know you've got the editing control, I guess. So mm-hmm. are you like? Is this like a 3 a.m. thing? Or are you saying like you're getting jumped in your naps? No, I'm saying like <laughs> I like I want to go to bed like ideally like before midnight. Mm-hmm. But I get to bed at like 12:30, and then I'm just like, oh, gotta have sex now. And it's like I enjoy it, but it's like I don't know. I never pictured myself. Damn you, Aubrey. This is your fault. I'm missing sleep. Come here, woman. I never pictured me being the less horny person in a relationship, but it's kind of how it is. I feel like an old man sometimes. Really? Not that I'm not like into it, but it's just like, I don't know. I could get another hour of sleep or. No, 1230 is too late. Like, hell, 8 8 p.m. is kind of pushing it where you're Mm -hmm. like, hey, girl, I like the kisses, but like bedtimes in two hours i gotta read i need to relax mm-hmm. um i don't know i feel that 12 30 is late 12 30 a.m because what time are you getting up getting up around 7 7 30 hmm yeah you need to you need to pull that back a little bit i definitely do which i had a friend I, not that i get to you know talk much about myself on that front but there's this girl i knew that is one of those things i was like wow i wish I wish I had that problem because she was a friend there for off limits kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But she would go through guys because they couldn't keep up with her sex drive. And so they were constantly just like, nah, um, I would rather just hang out and watch some Netflix. And she just wanted the love. Just wanted the duke. Yep. And uh, so she would break up with guys. And (laughs) yeah, I don't know what she was looking for. Like, they ain't that pretty. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she was all about it. And she would burn through guys because they couldn't keep up with their drive and it just was one of those things like where are these girls at are you like a unicorn out there she's a maniac i guess i guess she goes to sex parties now i don't know i'll have to ask her yeah i have one of those too that i met up in the northeast or northwest somewhere up there but i don't know if she's actually about her she just likes the spectacle of it i have a lot more interesting friends than myself that's cool i'm over here like 10 p.m. asleep. (laughs) That's honestly like a great way to live. Like all your friends should be more interesting than you. They 100% are. (laughs) Seriously, I I get up, I get coffee, I go write or Mm -hmm. I edit. I go to work, come home, go to the gym, Mm -hmm. come back from the gym, write and edit some more, watch some Netflix. And God forbid somebody comes between me and my 10 p.m. bedtime. (laughs) That's awesome. I wish I could go to bed at 10. Dude, it's great. I've... Your day sounds really close to mine, writing, unless I'm doing it like performing somewhere. But you don't get to perform that many places in Amarillo, or very often. So how does that work? Do you? So I know stand up isn't exactly off the cuff. You're you're writing out the sketches and mm-hmm. everything. How much time do you actually spend writing out a skit versus practicing it or editing it? Or how does that work? Because I know nothing about comedy. Um, I usually I go to, I try to write an hour a day, 
which is it's not like a full hour of me just writing like i'm stopping mm-hmm. i'm checking things online like if i think of like a good premise of like you know i look up the statistics on it and i like try to research it so that way maybe i can pull out some some funny things by researching so it's a lot of that sometimes it's just rewriting mm-hmm. um like when i go on stage and i tell a new joke i know it's not ready yet i know it's gonna suck so i just tell it i just get it out i'm like okay now that premise exists now i can work it better so then i just go back and i rewrite it and i find new ways to say it or sometimes i'll go like the opposite complete opposite direction like if it's like oh i'm i drink too much da 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 da. that didn't work so now it's like i'm against drinking so i'm like oh you people drink too much it's like just switching the viewpoint okay like make a joke a hundred times better tilt the perspective yeah tilting the perspective absolutely i like that so really it's like um it's a joke is never completely finished in my opinion because you can always find a new viewpoint or a better point of view or you can yeah you can flip it completely upside down and and work it backwards so it's like i don't know it's like clay and you're just forming it and then breaking it and reforming it that's got to be hard here because like to do that you've got to be performing and if you're not able to perform as much it's hard to kind of hone those jokes down right yeah definitely it's um on a good week i'll be able to form twice perform twice a week that's a lot more than i expected honestly (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's grown a lot when i first started there were two mics a month and Mm -hmm. there was like a show like every three months and that's kind of what my idea of our schedule in amarillo would look like yeah but now we have um a mic at least one mic a week and then probably two or three shows a month. So it's it's grown quite a bit. You ever do like a, a living room show? Have like five, six friends come over and give everybody whiskey or something? And... We've planned on it. It just, every time we do it, it falls through. Someone's yeah. like, oh, I can't do it anymore. It's, it's tough um, with the scene here because there was a time where I had booked like two or three more venues to do mics. They had agreed to do mics with us. And it's just uh, getting everyone to show up and actually perform is, is was the struggle. I can't even imagine. Like, it's hard enough to get people together, period. Yeah. Getting them to actually come and show up and do something that yeah. might be uncomfortable. I mean, I'm not going to come tell jokes. I was, Don't invite me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just excited. I was overzealous. I thought that if I opened the door, people would be willing to, like, run through it, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've had that problem. <laughs> I opened the door, and everyone was like, ah, mm-hmm. fuck you. <laughs> no, dude, that's... I don't know if that's a, our age group or uh-huh. I don't know what that is, but I run into that a lot. I was trying to run workouts for a little while, and it was like pulling teeth to get people to come do a free workout with me. Yeah, that's how I feel right now. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, crunch. It's free personal training. What you waiting for? And they're like, nah, not today. Mm-hmm. Like meditating. <laughs> but I don't know. So, yeah. Maybe we just need to all move to Dallas. Yeah. Which is that why you're moving? Is it for the comedy? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I was, uh, I was debating on where to move. I wanted to stay in Texas because I want to get, get my roots in Texas. I want to get like in a good place before I move to like LA or New York or whatever. So Dallas has the most comedy clubs. Really? It was was either going to be Dallas, Houston or Austin. (laughs) And I feel like Austin's mostly music. I mean, there's a good comedy scene, but yeah, Dallas has like four or five comedy clubs. And I've made several connections there, so I was like, I'll just how'd you meet them? Hit up Dallas. Uh, they traveled through here mostly, just comics like on their way to Denver, 
or <laughs> they're like this looks like a good place to stop yeah this is this is like the perfect place between dallas and denver a lot mm-hmm. of i mean you probably know that oh yeah but yeah the south by southwest thing they have here mm-hmm. i don't that's not what it's called but uh at the 806 yeah yeah it's for south by southwest but it's like they're getting the people going to South by Southwest like to stop here and South hang by out. San Jacinto or something. I don't know, but mm-hmm. <laughs> either way, that's mm-hmm. how like when people are touring, they're like, I guess we'll stop in this little tiny Amarillo place. I'll see mm-hmm. if there's anywhere to perform. Well, it's the only town with, you know, we've got what? 200,000 people. Mm-hmm. You go hundred miles in any direction and you're talking like 5,000 person towns. Mm-hmm. Might as well stop in Amarillo. At least there's food for sure. And we've got two main highways, lots of good drugs, so this yeah. is a place, <laughs> good place to stop. I get it. I get it. So what else do you want to do besides comedy? I mean, you obviously want to do the comedy, but you know, say you get the, the, I'm not going to call it a nine to five because I don't think that's how comedy works, but you know, you start getting where you're making income mm-hmm. that can sustain a lifestyle from comedy. Then what happens? You start developing new hobbies. Yeah, I guess so. I'd have do you to, travel? I'd have to do bow hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the Joe Rogan thing literally just <laughs> have to take DMT. I don't know. Um, just have a checklist of here is what Joe Rogan does. <laughs> I just need to make enough money to be like him and then I'll be happy. I do want to do uh not necessarily jujitsu, something physical mm-hmm. to where I can like learn a skill in case I have to like defend myself or my family, you know? Um, because right now I would just punch them as hard as I could, which and I don't break know. your fist. Yeah, and you're <laughs> suffering. Yeah. So I was obsessed with martial arts as a kid. Mm-hmm. I did everything, and honestly, jujitsu, as popular as it is now, was still it is the best thing. Mm-hmm. Like it was one of those martial arts that had application right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, the other ones just didn't. And jujitsu, you're like using the other person's power. Yeah. So, so. it's. I mean, God, there's a hundred better people like within probably three houses of you. There's a jujitsu dojo next door, I'm sure. <laughs> no, uh, everybody knows more about jujitsu than mm-hmm. probably us, but yeah, it's kind of like holds, um, momentum, locks, and a lot of using their force to move an opponent and mm-hmm. using kind of leverage on them. Yeah. So you like an arm bar, that kind of stuff. So it's a lot handier for the in-between punching someone in the face and getting yourself punched in the face. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to straight up murder somebody to make it an effective martial art. You know, kind of like karate. It's like, well, I hope they're into boxing, but not good at it. Mm -hmm. Or (laughs) (laughs) I like, I like the idea of being able to control your body that way. Mm -hmm. So for sure. I want to get into yoga as well. Dude, yoga is beautiful. I... Damn it, I, I am turning into Joe Rogan. Yep. But these are things that... <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk about other people's podcasts. <laughs> That's it, I'm getting meta there. But no, I oh, I didn't do yoga because it was girly for a long time. And all those high school problems I had were bugging me Yeah, all over the place. Started doing yoga in college and did it on and off for like, you know, once every few months. And then I graduated, came back to Amarillo, started working, and all the problems got worse because I was sitting more and I wasn't doing as much stuff and mm-hmm. I was getting older. Started doing yoga. Man, I feel great. Like it fixes so many weird things that I wouldn't even think needed fixing. And then suddenly a back problem I didn't even know existed. I just thought that was what my back did mm-hmm. would be gone or That's a thing too. stuff like that. And it made you stronger too. I was, People just assume they're mm-hmm. supposed to hurt 
don't yeah. take it. It's like, no, you can actually do something to fix this. Yeah, but <laughs> it's wild. And, you know, I've seen a chiropractor too. A chiropractor didn't do it, but yoga. Wow. It was solid. There's, and we have a lot of yoga in Amarillo. Yeah. There's a lot awesome. of options. So sure. 100% do it. There's free sessions at Crunch, and I have the employee membership. So uh, I just need to get my ass up and go. Go. The instructor over at Crunch, I went to one of her park. She does them in the park. Mm-hmm. I think her name's Amber. She, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't even know her name. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, names. <laughs> I've been there a month. So. so I think her name's Amber, and she was doing a yoga in the park. And she might still do it. I don't know. Probably not now because it's cold. Mm-hmm. But it was like seven bucks Sunday night over at John Stiff. And she is a great instructor. That's the whole point of what all the way too many details there was. She is great at yoga. 100% you need to go see her and do nice. yoga if it's free. Absolutely. Her flow is solid. Dope. Solid flows. Yeah. You know, bring some drinks with you. Do, do a couple shots before yeah. you go in there. Speaking of drinks, what kind of uh, whiskey did you bring? What did I? Oh, uh, and this... I like the tiny cla- glasses. It's very thoughtful. Hey, you know, some. I wanted to look right. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to pressure your dishwasher, dishware qualities <laughs> or whatever. You know, if, if you're gonna bring the alcohol, bring some, you know, glasses for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a scotch from a company I don't remember because I bought this one because that Game of Thrones on it. Oh, nice. So I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's the House Stark Scotch from that special edition Scotch run that everybody was doing at the end of the season eight that just happened. I wish I would have watched that show. But oh, well. I had friends watch it, and I watched about three episodes with mm-hmm. them, and I was like, holy shit, I get the hype. But like, I never watched it on my own. But the three episodes I saw were badass. <laughs> I wasn't as into the show itself, but because mm-hmm. it was so culturally relevant at mm. the time that it was going on i had to watch it because otherwise i felt left out because everybody episode would come out everybody talked about it yeah so i watched game of thrones and i liked it because again i'm a super nerd mm-hmm. but in terms of actual quality yeah i don't know they kind of drag a little bit yeah was not my favorite fantasy and i'm a i'm a big fantasy book kind of guy so i feel that i've always naturally been kind of mm-hmm. rebellious towards whatever like everybody loves so mm-hmm. i'm like game of thrones fuck it <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that the counter uh culture yeah. kind of movement I oh was, i was i was a pre-hipster before i knew what hipster was lots of some 41 <laughs> uh blink no, 182 no fortunately not <laughs> oh i still love some 41 i like blink 182 I've, I've heard they've gotten worse i haven't listened to anything like post like 2008 but Did you know they came through amarillo no, no, no idea. a year ago maybe mm-hmm. maybe longer they had a show at leftwoods and it really i'm pretty sure yeah i'm pretty sure they played at leftwoods where the fuck was i okay that's cool (laughs) i I think double check me on that somebody came through that's in that same genre in Mm -hmm. my mind i'm really bad at music but i'm pretty sure it was blink 182 and i just remember being depressed because i was like oh how low you've sunk (laughs) you're doing the bar scene again in amarillo that's funny i'm never gonna get out of the bar scene no that's fine but like it was blink 182 they they were selling out stadiums at one point. What are they doing at Leftwoods? Yeah, that's that's a good point. Mm-hmm. They should oh, have been it, at the uh, Globe News Center yeah. or whatnot. Well, and if it's your hometown, I'd get it differently. But if it's just like you're doing a tour and you're stopping to sell out one of the cheaper bars, it just kind of hurts your soul a little bit. Probably, man. Backslid a little bit. Yeah. But if, you know, I don't even know where they're from. 
But if it was like Atlanta and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to play at our original bar, that's cool. That'd be really cool. They sell it a show at where they got started. I'd be about that. I feel that. But that's a thing, man. Some people, you know, only get there. Are only big for a little bit. Not the Granny too. I feel like they've been for a, big for a mm-hmm. long time. But you see those guys, those artists that mm-hmm. were huge at one point. Uh, it's like, eh, not selling. <laughs> it happens. So we're talking about magic mushrooms, and I want to get – I know that was a complete topic change, but it's on my mind. I know we're probably running out of time. So. Oh, no, we don't run out of time here. Oh, okay, cool. Because we still got to talk about your book. We haven't even mentioned the reason you're here. Well, we can get to it later. <laughs> <laughs> so – because I haven't done drugs or of any kind, really. Like, I I hear about Amarillo's drug trade and, like, the magic mushrooms. Mm-hmm. But, like, what is, like, I, I've got questions. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. How much would you pay for magic mushrooms? How often do you use them? What's what's the details? Okay. Well, um. Because, like, I need, I need, like, the amateur level information for whenever I pull that trigger. My, the way I would put it from my personal experience and mm-hmm. what I've heard other people say is do drugs in three. And three and threes. Okay. Um, maybe not like acid or like <laughs> crack, but like <laughs> when pretending to mushrooms, mm-hmm. um, you want to get three grams if you want to like have a good oh, okay. full trip. Because like the first time I did it, I was probably nineteen or twenty, and I ate a gram, and I was like, nothing's happening. And then I was sleeping at a friend's house, and we all went to bed. Mm-hmm. And then as I was going to sleep, the fridge was like just loud. It was just like. That was like my first trip was just fridge got really loud, but <laughs> well, I guess think worse things could happen. Yeah, but then uh, when you move on to like three grams, you know, mm-hmm. you get the the visuals, the colors are so bright, mm-hmm. and you just get in a certain mindset, a certain thought process, and you get you have a full trip, and it like it feels like a workout for your brain. Cause, oh, really? Yeah, it's like uh, when you're on a, like a really long car trip, mm-hmm. like a ten hour car trip. And then you get done, and you're just kind of like fried. That's how you feel after after mushrooms. <laughs> cool. Yeah. They the reason I'm it's on my mind besides all the other podcasts that talk about it, and you mm-hmm. know, like Tim Ferriss has that entire you know movement that he's working on. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about microdosing and all the benefits of like doing microdosing. Hey. <laughs> Ooh, we're excited over there. But uh, yeah, like microdosing was cool. But like, so three grams. Mm-hmm. What what is uh? I'm gonna let these dudes outside. You're good. Hold that thought. <laughs> no, you good? Sorry. So like, what what do three grams cost? And do you ever feel sketched out finding it? Oh, it's always sketchy. Really? Um, yeah. God, I kind of assumed like, you know, it's 2019. Like, we're like one step away from going to the store. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just sketchy because it's like, you know, it's illegal. I don't know if it's like a felony or what the exact things are in Texas. But I just, you don't want to go to jail either way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I know it's worse than weed for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's that. But uh, a gram, it's probably like 5 to $10. Okay. I would, I would guess somewhere around there, yeah. Interesting. No, I wouldn't pay more than ten. No more than ten for a gram. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote you on that. If someone sells, they'll be like, yeah. Nah, nah, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know better now. That's actually yeah. my big fear. Is like someone's gonna sell me something. Three hundred dollars. Like, yeah, and I'll be like, Uh, I don't want to look. I don't want to be embarrassed. So I'll be like, Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Fair price, bro. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, Wow, got that guy. 
I found a guy, he was a friend of a friend mm-hmm. and he was selling DMT and he was like, it's $120 a gram. And he was like, he, I was talking to him over text mm-hmm. and then he was like, you just have to Venmo it to me and trust me. <laughs> and you're like, I don't feel that's it. probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, what are you going to, excuse me, my uh, dealer. But that was, that was sketchy. Cause he was like, it has to be done on the dark web and he, Bitcoin is somehow involved. And I'm just like, that's all over my head. I, I just want to meet someone in person and hand them cash like, yeah. <laughs> with no cops, preferably yeah. around us. At I, don't, all. I don't need a paper trail of Bitcoins. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which the dark web stuff is interesting but yeah for a self-proclaimed nerd it's still a little above my understanding of how mm-hmm. to go for it and for it being untraceable they seem to keep having bust for people you know they'll get a whole what was it silk road mm-hmm. they uh didn't they like Some... get everyone who bought things on silk road yeah they did i forgot the guy's name that they busted but he was like his name is all over like reddit and twitter for a while yeah. so what not exactly foolproof i guess <laughs> it's just uh whenever they want to do it yeah i don't i don't try to understand any of that mm-hmm. i forgot the name of that movie where those like kids in high school they're like selling drugs in the 90s oh uh well it's not even the 90s they're just dressed like the 90s um it's got the guy's name it's like the kid's name right i think so but it's just one name but anyway like he like converts it all to bitcoin so he can't get busted, right? Is it Bitcoin or is he? I don't remember. It's, it's all like in digital form. I don't think it was Bitcoin because yeah, if it's it the movie Bitcoin. I'm thinking about, I don't think Bitcoin was around yet. It came Maybe. out. It came Charlie out like Wilson's War? Two or three years ago. No. No, that's a different one. That's the drug, not the drug, the gun running movie. I don't know, man. I'm going to look it up. Yes. I think it's just called Dope. Oh, then I definitely haven't heard of that movie one. It's called Dope. It's on, uh, yeah, it has ASAP Rocky in it. So they're basically forced into, uh, or they like get a shit ton of drugs like on accident and they start like flipping it and then they convert it all into cryptocurrency. And, uh, I don't know the principle somehow involved. I'd have to watch it again, but he converts everything that he makes off it into cryptocurrency. So that like can't be traced or whatever. And it's like really cool. And then Anyway, look it up. Dope on Netflix. I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> I came out in 2015. The Bitcoin stuff is cool. I the tech behind it is interesting. Um, the wild value changes are cool because like there's still an opportunity possibly for you to get rich off of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I think I have like $200 in Bitcoin just in case. But there was a book I read by Neil Stevenson, and it's called no, Reemd was the first one. Uh, fall fall or dodge and hell is the title and he takes cryptocurrency and turns it into like the technology behind it which this might get too just just stop me if this gets boring no let's get nerdy let's do it so how it works is you're building a story essentially like blockchain is saying like hey i i solved this math problem and then the next thing accepts my answer and solves its own math problem and it builds this we're in a very terrible analogy a narrative between point a and point z and so because this narrative is unbroken it's accepted as having happened and so that's why blockchain's interesting is if anybody comes into that narrative they break the narrative and therefore that technology is no longer valuable or valid so valuable or valid so the blockchain by existing means that it works Hmm. so the whole point of fall was 
you have a crisis that's manufactured on social media because mm-hmm. that's a thing we could do now. We have the deep fakes and all the different AI stuff that lets you trick people into thinking stuff, and nobody's doing any kind of fact checking on Facebook. So, in this case, they fake a nuclear like holocaust in some random town, spread it through social media, blah 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 blah. So they use blockchain going forward to validate news sources to make sure that things that happened actually happened using blockchain technology. And I am not smart enough or understand it enough to follow it, but it was really interesting seeing how you can use blockchain outside of cryptocurrency. Because the whole reason that cryptocurrency is special is it can't be invalidated through that blockchain. Mm -hmm. And so you start latching that on to regular information to verify true information from false information. So if CNN says there's a nuclear holocaust, you can actually see it's from CNN and that they have real information is kind of his point of the book, which I'm butchering to hell. But so that's how the blockchain like finds the source? Uh, maybe. I don't understand it well enough, maybe. Hmm. But it was just it's a data valid you know, data validation type of material. And if you can link I think banks are trying to use it now mm-hmm. to like connect from like A to B to say like, hey, this is actually Andrew connecting to his bank account because mm-hmm. of these things that happened in between. It's not like a man in the middle attack where someone is trying to jump into my connection, mm-hmm. steal my information on how I'm connecting, and they take that handshake and try and connect another time. The blockchain somehow validates that I'm actually sending the handshake to the bank and back. So oh. it's weird. That's wild. It's way above my pay grade, but yeah, mine it, too. It's interesting. It's, I don't know. It's hard for me to comprehend everything I just heard. <laughs> Honestly, me too. I, and I'm doing it poorly. I, it made sense when I was reading the book, but trying to explain it is difficult. So sorry, but oh, it's all good. I'll ulterior just... motives for blockchain outside mm-hmm. of cryptocurrency is really interesting. I'll do mushrooms about it. There you go. So. That, you're just gonna think about numbers. You don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that at all. That's funny classic stuff let's get into your book okay um how many books have you published this is the first one. First one yeah nice. this is the first one publishing um i've tried to writ- write written a couple mm-hmm. uh which i only write slightly better than i talk so it's it might not be so good but worked on it for a while uh i started probably my sophomore year of college which mm-hmm. was eight years ago and just kind of on and off, on and off. You know, like we were talking about doing the hour a day writing mm-hmm. for your, you know, comedy. That's kind of what I was trying to do with the book. Yeah. But then I would go two months without doing my hour a day. Yeah. And then I would do an hour a day for a couple of weeks. And then I go another few months. Or mm-hmm. I think the worst I did was I probably went like six to nine months. I'm not even sure exactly without even touching it. And that's on this same book. Yeah, the same book. So okay, do you, I, is that like a benefit to spacing it out, or do you think that's a detriment? It depends. I guess you don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, it was helpful because when I started writing it, I had you know this specific idea idea mm-hmm. of what I was writing, and then I came back to it after you know a year or two, and I was like, all right, this is crap. I was able to toss it out the window and essentially rewrite. You know, like what we talked about, changing your perspective on the mm-hmm. jokes. I would. That's what I was doing. Was I would be like, hey, this makes more sense now, but I was able to see it from fresh eyes because it had this big gap between mm-hmm. it. So I'd read something almost fresh. And I'm like, oh, this isn't working. And I'd be mm-hmm. able to trash the parts that weren't working, take the good parts and do it. So instead of having to have an audience, 
I just forgot what I had written. So I was my own audience. That's like the same thing as joke writing. Yeah. Yeah, Except for you don't (laughs) want to wait like two years between like edits. (laughs) So did that with the process, probably rewrote the book three times. Mm -hmm. Um, Tried some other stuff. I started a blog, you know, did all these other things and developed more experiences. So it was handy. I think it got the finished product that I'm working on and releasing better. Mm-hmm. than if I would have just worked all the way through five years ago. But at the same time, if I would have published a book five years ago, I could have published another book or two and had probably the same experience, but with three books instead of one under my belt. Nice. So it, it just depends on how you look at it. I see. So, I mean, you said it took about eight years? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've probably grown and changed a lot from, oh, yeah. from page one to page 300. or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, 300 is actually really accurate. I think there's like 275, 280 pages in it. So, and honestly, it was at 300 pages, and that's when I stopped. Was I was like, oh, look, I made it to page 300. Yay, I could think about this some, because I'd kind of hit my like goal. Mm-hmm. And I looked, I was like, oh, I need to take like 30 of these pages and like start a second book with them. And like, oh, nice. this is the first book, like, because I've completely gone into somewhere else with this second one. And so. what's the uh, book about? Oh, so again, <laughs> nerd. So it's mostly about two guys who were at school together, um, freelancing as thieves. Mm-hmm. And that's really has nothing to do with much. Like that's just kind of how it starts. And then they're running away from this group, trying to kill them and trying to survive while figuring out why this specific group is doing what it's doing. So mm-hmm. ends up, they're trying to stop a civil war from happening. And there's, you know, I'm a big Avatar The Last Airbender fan. Yeah. So there's kind of an element of that going on. And there's another book called Lies of Locke Lamora, which mm-hmm. is kind of a bromance, thieves kind of book. And that's like the second spin on it. So honestly, anything with a bromance, I'm about. That's like, awesome. That and dogs. Like John Wick broke me. That's very exciting. I mean, not John Wick, but <laughs> the, the book. So yeah. it's like from a perspective of uh, just a guy. Yeah, it's the main character's name is Nil. Okay. Um, and he's got a friend named Volant, and it's kind of their story about growing and learning and mm-hmm. surviving after they're running away from this botched thievery they did. Mm-hmm. So and trying to you know of course save the world because you can't have a fantasy book without saving the world in some form yeah, or fashion. Gotta, there's got to be some doom involved. Yeah, otherwise it's just less exciting for the reader, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Um, I've had generally good feedback from the people who edited it mm-hmm. I had way too many people look at the book before I published it, which actually was problematic with my ability to do a proper edit because I had like five different opinions all oh, at the same time. I feel you. So yeah, that was interesting. That's um, awesome. but for the most part, they all said they liked it. I obviously didn't believe them. So mm-hmm. I pushed on it and they were like, no, really like, you know, fix these things, but otherwise it's good. So we'll see. We'll see how the sales do. I think I'm up to like, 60 pre-sales right now which means i will pay for probably half a month's worth of coffee uh whenever the book releases so far beautiful yeah yeah so you know at eight years i'm only probably 16 away from making enough money to make up for writing the book <laughs> <laughs> that's funny does it cost a lot to get it published uh not necessarily that's good so the only true hard cost you have 
in terms of money to get it published. Mm-hmm. And even this is kind of up for, up for debate is the copyright. Mm-hmm. So I had to copyright the book, which was $115. Uh, money I've spent though. So I, you know, I built a website and even though I built the website myself, I still had to host it and do all the, the things mm-hmm. to make that hosting work. So roughly $300 on a website and all the moving parts there. Um, 110 bucks for the copyright. Um, I've had to buy word like three or four different times Mm -hmm. and I've bought other software that I tried to use instead of word. So I've probably spent 300 bucks on software just to write. Um, I'm on my fourth laptop. Uh, yeah, at this rate, it's going to be 50 years before I pay it off. But, (laughs) uh, no, the hard cost, 110 bucks for copywriting. Mm -hmm. Amazon will let you self-publish basically for free they just take a cut of the sales so mm-hmm. i'll sell the book for five bucks on kindle right now and they get two bucks of that okay and then there'll be a paperback option that they i think they print it for four bucks so mm-hmm. if somebody buys it, it's like let's say you buy the paperback version they charge 13 dollars. I'll, I'll set the price at 13 dollars mm-hmm. or something like that four of those dollars goes to the printing cost so they'll mm-hmm. they'll charge me or charge the buyer four bucks to print the book and then they get their thirty percent as well. So out of thirteen dollars, they'll get seven. Nice. I think if my math is right. And so, what was the title of the book again? A Leaf and Pebble. A Leaf and uh, Pebble. It was supposed to be Windows in the Sky. Mm-hmm. I just liked that. That and sounds then, like a Pink Floyd song. I think it is. Down uh, for it. <laughs> there was a somebody has a song. It was Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. or somebody. Somebody has a song. And then somebody else also has a book titled that. So as oh. I was getting ready to publish, I typed in, you know, Windows in the Sky. And I was like, oh, shit. I guess I have to change my title. So I was with my girlfriend. And I was like, hey, I need help with a new title because someone stole my book title like 20 years ago. You 2 Is it you 2 Yeah. Dang. I don't ever get into U2. But... Except for when, you know, Apple forced us all to. Yeah, that, that was weird. Yeah, I don't know how... <laughs> Why we still don't talk about that should be a thing that we still bring up anytime Apple does anything like hey but like remember you two yeah, yeah fuck you guys that still was weird a, still a problem <laughs> that was that was not allowed and they never got rid of it they're just like yeah we fucked up deal mm-hmm. with it yeah <laughs> I so I swapped over to iPhone I've been on Android for like five years because I've been in the tech industry mm-hmm. and like you're just not respected if you don't have like Android even though I don't know anything about computers like yeah. if I walked into a customer's place and had my iPhone they're like you sure you can do this internet thing like you have an iPhone I'm like all right fine whatever. So why are they calling you if they're going to sit there and judge you? Like you fix right? it your damn self. Right? God, you would, amount of times I want to say that to people. So, you know, I'd roll in. So I had an, you know, an Android swapped to iPhone for the iPhone 11, uh, like three weeks ago. And so I get into my old iTunes account from like seven years ago, fucking YouTube right there. And I was like, Oh man, damn it. It's still here. So, but yeah, so leaf and a leaf and pebble. Um, it kind of refers to the two main characters mm-hmm. and obviously the ADD is still going strong. Nice. Um, as it should. Thanks. I need that. It's a Sunday. <laughs> so yeah, that's all there is to it really. Um, at least the self-publishing front, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of money that goes into the marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's also why I'm self-publishing is I do a lot of marketing already. So I figured I might as well just put those skills to use and not get a publisher mm-hmm. to tell me no first. And then also take all my money if they said yes nice and i want to talk about the marketing Mm -hmm. 
what type of uh, marketing, like what, because I try to market myself. What do you do? Or what um, do you try to do? As far as like social media, Mm -hmm. just uh, posting uh, clips from stand up, Mm -hmm. uh, posting things about the podcast or um, just events, trying to promote events. Sometimes I'll spend like $15 on Facebook Mm -hmm. to reach X amount of people. Sure. And I'm always interested in what other people's ideas are. Um, because I know I had a guy on before and he was like, just start making short clips of like funny videos because he does that and he makes memes and he gets like crazy numbers. Really? Yeah. And he's like a local rapper, but he's really good at like marketing that those type of things. Like he's had things go viral mm-hmm. and yeah. So I'm always interested in, in knowing, um, what people are using as far as marketing goes. And I have a minor in marketing, but I forgot everything I learned, so. Man, they don't teach you shit in school about marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I was, and I'll, I'll answer your question, don't worry. I have a sister who was studying marketing, and not just a sister, multiple people I know studying marketing. Mm-hmm. We've hired a couple marketing people at Plains, um, all to work for me to do marketing stuff. And they come in, they're like, yeah, I just graduated, I know shit. And I'm like, all right, have at it. And they have, they have no idea. Mm-hmm. And... They banged their head against the wall for a little bit because they realized that there was nothing they actually learned. And I, I had the same problem. You know, I came out of school and I was like, hell yeah, I got this. I could blow a company up if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And then you realize they didn't actually tell you anything. So, yeah, again, school's a scam. Don't go to school. I'm glad I'm not the only one who feels that way. So there's two aspects to what I'm doing. The first and kind of what you're talking about is Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. So the actual activity I'm doing is Facebook ads. And I'll... I'll do it a couple different ways. So if I'm being uh, fancy, I guess you could say, or money conscious, I will really work on narrowing a target audience down. So I'll, I'll aim for, like right now I've got an ad going that has just about every fantasy book I like or author mm-hmm. as like a, a possible interest. So they have to like one of those things. So Facebook will let me say like, hey, here's a list of like 50 things. Mm-hmm. Facebook is fantastic. Oh, that. it's terrifying. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, Hey, I would like people who like George R. Martin who have bought the book in the last six months and make more than $50,000 a year and are not married. I can target that audience. Yeah. Um, that's not what I'm doing necessarily. George R. Martin is on there, but like I took all the books I liked, the fantasy authors and some other like random demographics that I thought might apply. No women. Yeah. No women. No, actually. <laughs> it's I, like Dr. Pepper 10. I'm not excluding them because, like, <laughs> they're way better at online shopping than us guys are. It's true. So, and I need I need those Kindle cells up, you know. So, I think I was doing just some broad kind of nerdy book thing going on. Mm-hmm. And so, that's my, my audience. But uh, location-wise, I did the whole U.S. Nice. Um, so, I'm aiming at them. So, like, right now, I think the post that I promoted has, like, 1,300 likes on it, mm-hmm. which has translated to roughly four sales that I got increased, which could have just been coincidental. Who knows? Yeah. Um, okay, you can actually tell, but I'm too lazy for that because mm-hmm. you have to do pixels and all this kind of stuff. So targeted Facebook ads are like my bread and butter that I'm going to use. Mm-hmm. But before I start getting that going, there's a whole bunch of work on the back end. I want my SEO to be good. I want the website to match up. Uh, I want everything pointing in the same direction. Yeah. So I have a website all the right keywords pointing to Amazon. I have all my social media pointing to the website to point to Amazon. Mm -hmm. And then the posts I'm doing are both pointing towards the website if they want to learn more about it. Mm -hmm. And if they're just wanting to buy the book, there's an Amazon link in there as well. So 
it's having the whole ecosystem of anywhere that somebody might find me pointing to what I want them to do. Nice. So that's the marketing front there. Um, there's also kind of a bit of like hitting up the people who either edited for me or closer friends. I'm like, Hey, I need you to talk to people for me. Um, I need mm-hmm. you to push this around. I need hype. Yeah. Can so. you, um, I don't know. I see authors like book signings and all that. Is <laughs> yeah. there a way to set it up where you like call Barnes and Noble? Like, Hey, I'd like to set up a thing where mm-hmm. I kind of sit down at a table and hopefully people show up and I can sign their books. Mm-hmm. Is that <laughs> so yeah, you can, from what I understand, I haven't actually done this, mm-hmm. uh, but I've got a couple friends that have tried publishing some books and just like, you know, the internet has everything you want to know about anything. Mm-hmm. So you can just call up whoever, whatever, you know, Barnes and Noble used bookstore or whatever it is. And be like, Hey, I'd like to have a book signing. And they're like, cool. Here's a date for you to come have a book signing. Cause most of them don't do anything. You're showing up, set up a table. And then hopefully other people buy books from Barnes and Noble. So they don't care cause it doesn't cost them anything. Yeah. So yeah, you can set them up. I don't know how well that works. Uh, a friend of mine told me that he sells books when he shows up to a book signing and people mm-hmm. just come and buy books from him. I don't know. I'd rather people just buy them on Amazon because mm-hmm. I want that tipping point to be crossed where Amazon's like, Hey, come look at this book instead of me telling everybody, Hey, go to Amazon to look at this book. Yeah. I don't want to do the work. I want Amazon to do the work. For I feel me. you. Amazon mm-hmm. is perfectly capable. Mm-hmm. So. so I'll do <laughs> kind of a book tour at some point. Um, partly because that sounds fun and my ego would love that. Mm -hmm. But that'll be kind of, it'll be less about selling books or anything and more about relationship building and those connections. It's like, Hey, thanks for coming out to see me or, you know, go tell your friends that are interested, Mm -hmm. go to Amazon. Let's get that Amazon juice flowing until Amazon starts working for me. Nice. Um, is so what would it be under like the fantasy Mm -hmm. fiction? Yep. Fantasy, epic fantasy, uh, I wish there was a bromance fantasy section because that's what I, which I'm sure there is, but not for what I wrote. I'm sure it's like a different, you know, X rated kind of thing. Yeah, there's a number of of (laughs) bromances. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you get a little Brokeback Mountain up in there. And uh, that's not my book. So, which, honestly, if I just wanted to make money, that'd probably be what I'd write next is some kind of Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, just come out as a LGBTQIA author. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, that kind of works. I mean, unfortunately you know they find out and you're lying and then i'm being lynched or something you know it's a good market to hit gay children's books children's books easiest books to write Mm -hmm. get a niche market gay children's books rolling in dough well and controversial too yeah you know you throw it out there and most everybody i know would be like this is the devil's work yeah i mean you gotta you gotta stay in like you know la or or, you know, Portland, but you got it. <laughs> no, get that fire going. You know, you get on the uh, the Catholic band book list, mm-hmm. and you're guaranteed a bestseller. Oh, yeah, dude. If they start burning your books. Yeah. People are like, hell yeah. You're an icon. <laughs> I did have, so not that I'm, you know, popular or anything yet, especially because like only like seven people have read my book, period. And again, 60 sales, which they haven't gotten anything yet for. Mm-hmm. So thanks, guys. Uh so most of the stuff on my Facebook that's happening right now is just like random people who like the cover or the title mm-hmm. or they like fantasy or Facebook enough. I'm not really sure to just like stuff. Mm-hmm. But I had this guy just yesterday who's like the first crazy I've gotten on my Facebook page. And I think his name was Alvarado or something. Oh, yeah, I know him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's from <laughs> Albuquerque. He's close by. Uh, 
it was this huge comment and he was just going crazy about the Bible being not real. And I was like, okay. So I'm kind of snarky. So I responded and I was like, Hey, I get it. Uh, you have a beef with the Bible, but this book, though the confusion is understandable, is not the Bible. And uh, he came back around. And he was like, fuck Jesus. And I was like, damn, oh. you, you angry. It was Sounds weird. Like I had going guy. Yeah. I have no idea where he came from. He was real angry about, uh, Christians, I think. Or the Bible. I'm not. I'm honestly not sure. I couldn't keep track if it was like Catholics in particular mm-hmm. he was against. That is super weird. Yeah. Hopefully he didn't get molested. Well, he he definitely was talking about uh, kid rapists. Oh on man. It. So maybe he did. I don't know, man. It was just. It was out of left field because. Yeah. It's a cover of like two dudes as like silhouettes. Mm-hmm. A leaf and pebble. There's no uh, no religious parallels to be drawn from the cover. Well, you know, there might be unintentionally. Do you ever, like, when books come out and people, like, you've probably seen it, where people, like, dig too hard in the story? Yeah, yeah. And that's probably going to happen, where it's like, oh, this mo- this book's so pro-abortion. <laughs> that would be interesting. Again, banned book list, I'm about. Like, next thing I write, I'm about that. I'm going to put some weird stuff in there just to piss people off. The the Catcher in the Rye. Um, I don't know if you've watched South Park before, mm-hmm. but um, they... They make fun of that book because uh, the kids, they like they read Catcher in the Rye in class and they're like this is boring like nothing this is supposed to be controversial nothing's happening, mm-hmm. and one kid Butters gets brainwashed and he's like kill John Lennon, but all the other kids are like we're gonna write our own book it's gonna be way worse it's gonna be way more gross, <laughs> and they write it and everyone like his parents like come across it, and then they, everyone who reads it throws up immediately, but they start sharing it and it becomes like a bestseller. And yeah. everyone's like looking into it. They're like, "Oh, this is such a pro-choice novel." He's like, "You stupid, you stupid liberals! <laughs> this is as pro-life as it gets." And they literally just wrote a book, book trying to be as disgusting as possible. And it's like that's the way. It's like perfectly mocking how everyone looked into like Catcher in the Rye, which, I mean, I read it in high school. I don't remember all the details, sure. but I'm sure they like added layers and layers and layers that weren't even intended. Or do all the classics? I don't, I don't know, man. They just tell you to read them. And I've, I've read a lot of books, like a lot of books. And I don't like most of the classics. And I, it's a stretch to pull out what a lot of people are pulling out of them. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably closer to projection than anything. Yeah. How do you feel about Mark Twain? He is fine. Yeah. Um, he gets propped up a lot. I'm like, does he deserve it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Hemingway's who kind of makes me wonder what he was up to. Because really he just, which as a person from what I know because I never met Hemingway Mm -hmm. but like he did some really cool stuff and he lived really interesting lifestyle and his writing's okay but like nothing that he wrote that I've read was ever like oh my goodness this is inspiring Mm -hmm. it was just like I think he was just the cool kid people were like Hemingway's a cool guy and he wrote a book yeah let's read it and then 50 60 years later everybody's like this is American literature this is a classic Mm and I'm you know I hope not too many teachers listen to this because uh, I'll get burned down for talking shit on classics. But, you know, I think Cyrano de Bergerac was the only classic book I read that I actually was like, this is a fun book. I've never heard of that one. Oh, it's about a dude that he, he represents me. He mm. kind of an ugly dude, yeah. big nose um, in the book, like a huge nose. Mm-hmm. And he's all about his like panache and he runs around, you know, yeah. sword fighting and chasing women nice and uh nobody really likes him there were uh, a lot of classic novels that i read in high school 
because mm-hmm. I was like always trying to do like advanced yeah. English, AP English, dual credit, whatever. Yeah, because college is important. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, gotcha. I would I would read these books, these classic novels, like A Tale of Two Cities. Um, what was the one where they were all traveling? Grapes of Wrath. Oh, like, that's a rough. Yeah, that is not a good book. And as I'm reading these books, I'm like, this is so goddamn boring. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the end of it, and you're like, I guess I appreciate it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I finally finished the damn thing. So <laughs> you're like, I can breathe. I kind of see what you're trying to get at. <laughs> well, and I guess it, you know, it gives you a window on an interesting period of time. Like, mm-hmm. that was probably the only time I really thought deeply about the depression. But also, it just wasn't that good. Yeah, I didn't like it. So. I don't know, I can see the value, but I didn't like the book. Yeah, I didn't, didn't think it was great. It was purely like a journal from the time period would have done just the same thing for me. That's true. That's very true. Or, you know, a movie. A good, realistic movie would have worked, and I would have saved mm-hmm. myself 30 hours. Yeah, that's true as well. Do you, uh, you have any hopes of uh, adapting this? I, saw, I see it's a trilogy because I looked it up on Amazon. <laughs> so you have any, um, you know, hopes, aspirations to... To get a movie going? Oh, of course. Uh, because, you know, I like writing mm-hmm. and it's fun. But ultimately, like, I would like to get paid a lot of money mm-hmm. to do it. Like, Absolutely. You know, it's like the comedy thing. It's fun to do. It's a good passion. But what would be better is getting buckets of money for doing what you like doing. Absolutely. So the trilogy, I don't know. This, this being my first book, I am very wary of it. Like, even getting my hopes up necessarily because mm-hmm. it's just... It's not going to be great. Yeah. It's good, I think, but nowhere near great. And because of that, the trilogy is there. I've got the second book started. But honestly, if no one buys this first one and they're not about it, or, you know, and that's the thing. I'm not saying, like, in two months, like, oh, I'm at 100 cells. This book's trash. I'm done. Mm-hmm. It'll take a couple of years before I even know. Yeah. But say it works, then yeah, that'd be awesome if it was a movie trilogy of some kind. Um, but if it doesn't, I'm not even going to finish the trilogy. Like, if people just don't like it, I'm not going to make them buy, you know, all five of my family members that bought the book. I'm not going to be like, yeah, you got to read the second one now. Well, I mean, if your heart's into it, I would say Mm -hmm. do it anyway. Yeah. Because you could, mm -hmm. one person's going to read it. It's going to affect someone's life, you know? Which is, have you seen Tolkien? No. As a creator, you you need to check it out. Um, What's it called? Tolkien. It's the guy who wrote Lord of the Rings. Have, Again, I, have I seen him? Yeah, I know who he is. <laughs> no, he had a. They had a movie come out. Uh, oh no, I didn't know. I think it was this summer they had a Tolkien movie, and it didn't get a lot of traction because you either have a bunch of people on the Lord of the Rings fence, mm-hmm. and they're like, "I like Lord of the Rings," but this movie about the Lord of the Rings creator is not a like it's about Lord of the Rings, but it's not fantasy. It's a biography. And then you have everybody else who's like, "I don't like fantasy books or movies." So, fuck watching the movie about the fantasy author. Like, that's lame. (laughs) But I watched it. So, I went to Europe, which... Mm. Let's not even talk about that because that sounds pretentious. But they had the planes. I went to Europe. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Stupid Americans. Yeah, there's one time in Italy. You stay (laughs) here. I don't want to be that meme, you know? Um, But the point was we had a long flight. And they show the movies on the flights, which Mm -hmm. is really cool because you don't have anything else to do. I flew to Germany at the risk of sounding pretentious. Yeah, and they had the movies, right? Yeah. Best part of the trip. I watched the same episode of How I Met Your Mother like four times. We had a different flight, but I get where you're coming from. <laughs> I watched Monk, too. Um, I definitely watched a couple of movies, but yeah. I don't remember what they were. It's fun, though, because like, you you're just there, but like it's better than any other flight you've been on because you're getting to watch TV on mm-hmm. a screen. And it's yeah. usually kind of new stuff, if you want. Mm-hmm. So Tolkien was on there, and I'd wanted to see it, 
it was only in the theaters for like a week or two and then it was gone and I hadn't found it yet. I was going to pirate it. Didn't put in the effort, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So I'm on the flight talking and I'm like, I'm going to watch that. So I turn it on and it is amazing. It is about how important art and creation is, you know, comedy, writing, music, poetry. He has this whole group of friends that are all doing their different entertainment kind of mm-hmm. things. And all of them are told not to by their family. You know, everybody's like, no, you need to go be an engineer. You need to go to college. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not important because that's just you having fun and mm-hmm. you're not going to make money from it. And so the point of the movie is kind of because Tolkien had a huge influence. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have written it if it wasn't for Tolkien. So the, essentially the theme of the movie is like, hey, the things you create are important because they have impact on people and they can make people happy in dark times. They can bring, you know, hope to those who don't have hope. Yeah. Um, and it was just one of those things that's like, damn, like this is good. This is necessary. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. It was yeah. cool. So yeah, if, if the, there's one person that gets something out of my book. Hell yeah. I'll write him a second book. I've brought that up in several podcasts. With the, just think about how depressing and desolate we would all be without art. Mm-hmm. We would all just be boring. Mm-hmm. In, I mean, suicide rate would probably be insane. <laughs> I don't even know. But yeah. yeah, if you don't have the lights in the dark like that, you know, mm-hmm. whatever your, so to say, poison is on the entertainment side or inspiration side, if we only had our jobs to look forward to and... You know, we're doing a bunch of math every day. And yeah, and our boring-ass kids. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> rough. That's rough, man. You need that escape. You need that inspiration. For sure. And honestly, we all need that hobby to chase. You know, mm-hmm. I need my writing. You need your comedy. We need that pursuit, even if we never take it off anywhere. Mm-hmm. We need something to bring us, you know, inspiration to ourselves and, like, meaning to what we're doing with our lives besides making somebody else money. Absolutely. Or selling insurance or... You know, like the little stuff. You need mm-hmm. you need that hope that you are going to have an impact. Mm-hmm. So even if nobody reads it or writes it or listens or whatever. Oh, yes. So, but, you know, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, so science fiction mm-hmm. um, authors mm-hmm. have gone on to do incredible things like L. Ron Hubbard. Have you thought about starting a cult? <laughs> Man, <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. Uh which I'm upset that he got a cult out of his books mm-hmm. and there's other much better books with more interesting sci-fi going on that we could have had a religion that I'd be more about. Yeah. Like uh what's her name? JK Rowling. She should have started the cult. Yeah. She could get that. Yeah, she has one, man. She? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not as popular yet, but uh, you know, give it once she dies, mm-hmm. I would put money on having some kind of muggle religion. Like, what if, like, 100, 200 years from now, like, they stumble upon the Harry Potter series, and they're like, These are, this is scripture. This is... Yeah. <laughs> Praise Harry Potter <laughs> and the, you know, beating of the basilisk or something. Uh, and they just think, like, oh, yeah, this is just, you know, lost time stuff. We uh, we just can't do magic anymore because of the nuclear <laughs> holocaust. But they totally could do magic before that nuclear strike that destroyed the world. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Star Wars, man, that could be a thing. Long, long time. It happened a long time ago, dude. Mm-hmm. Believe it or don't. That's my favorite kind of sci-fi. The the stuff like, oh yeah, it's, you know, it's an, you know, extrapolation of what we're doing right now. And it's like, hey, take these specific things and fast forward a hundred years mm-hmm. and see what you get. Or 
fast forward 10,000 years and see how you got back to this point and how it's like cyclical. That stuff that blows my mind. I like it. I read way too much, like seriously way too much. I don't so. think that's possible. My mom would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, yeah, I don't know. Go outside, Andrew. Yeah, a lot. Or do, do chores. She wanted me mm-hmm. to do chores a lot. I mean, she was fine. They'd let me go to the library whenever, but, you know, it was it was still a thing. Like, That's I got cool. grounded from books. I read too much. So, have you always, like, been into creative writing, like, from a young age? Sort of. Uh, yeah. I liked writing. I liked English, but it was more like a, I like English better than I like math, so therefore I'm an English person because math sucks. Yeah. That was, and I was bad at it. That was my thing, too. Yeah. You're, you're always on one side or the other, unless you're... You know, that guy. Asian. Yeah, Asian. Maybe. <laughs> so they, uh, you know, have a better math aptitude, I guess. So I always liked it. Uh, high school, I was like, I should write a book sometime. And so I'd like write all these ideas down on book ideas. And mm-hmm. that's literally what they were. I was like, this is a book idea. And I'd write it down and I'd forget about it. Mm-hmm. So got to college and was like, you know what? I need to start actually writing a book instead of these little short stories I was doing and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And just on and off wrote this book while, you know, jumping off and doing other stuff. So that's cool. So no, not always, but for a long enough time, writing a full novel seems like such a daunting task because I've always enjoyed writing. Um, It's carried over to like comedy where I'm not Mm -hmm. really, I guess I'm telling stories, but they're like two minute stories. Sure. But like, that's important too. Like that's the thing. You're you're just packing (laughs) the value in, in a short time frame. Yeah, that's true, but I don't know. It's like just writing, like you said, 300 pages, like, sounds crazy. Cause it's like, time-consuming. I would definitely, like, if I was thinking about going into being an author, short stories would be the way to go for me, just because attention spans and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's that's fair. Uh, it depends on how you write. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're writing 5,000 words a day, which is honestly doable, mm-hmm. you can get a normal sized novel, which is, you know, 50,000 words done pretty quickly. Um, mine's 130,000 words mm-hmm. and I wrote really slow and I rewrote a lot. So it was a really long time, but you know, there's authors like Brandon Sanderson who it is his full-time job, but he'll knock out a you know, 200,000 word book in two months, three months. Yeah, I've heard about stuff like Stephen King, like sits at his desk for like, he doesn't do anything else until he like writes for I forgot how long it was, like eight hours, something yeah. ridiculous. And it's well, just like, have you seen the Stephen King section at like yeah. anywhere? He's got a whole wall to himself. Ridiculous. So, I mean, it really is just if you're willing to sit down and write long enough. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like the comedy, you know, you write your comedy for an hour. You're probably only doing 15 minutes of actual work. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're on the Internet, you're on your phone. Then you get distracted by like the dog or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever's out there. Definitely. So the actual time of work is not that much and that was how writing was for me Mm -hmm. out of an hour of writing i'd get 500 words maybe maybe two hours Mm -hmm. so if i was actually writing for two hours straight where it was like hands on the keyboard yeah i'd get 2,000 words minimum Mm -hmm. and if i wrote longer it'd be more and it just extrapolates until eight hours you could easily do eight to sixteen thousand words Mm -hmm. depending on how fast you are see that's a good way to look at it because i know like when i sit down and write I'm like, I'm going to force myself to write, even if everything I write is just complete dog mm-hmm. shit. Like, That's the way to look at it. <laughs> That's just, the way. 90% of this I'm never going to say, mm-hmm. but I just got to write it. 
and then I just find myself uh, like as opposed to being in school like I got to write this book report over this mm-hmm. dumb thing I don't care about when I'm writing like I joke ideas or things like I enjoy like I can write three to four pages like nothing and it's like back in the day my hand would cramp up yeah like oh i hate this and then i gotta go to the bathroom but when i'm writing i'm just like in a zone and it doesn't feel like any like it just feels great man getting into that zone that's the key if you can do that consistently which that's where the real skill is Mm -hmm. that's what probably separates us from professionals is they know how to turn that switch just they sit down they turn that switch on i think Mm. i don't know yeah and i think that's probably just constant repetition to where your brain because i feel like uh you might think this you might think the same way or translate it similar but when you get in like uh this type of mindset like a a mindset where possibly anything could be a joke you're just like oh a situation happened i gotta write that down uh i can make that funny i gotta think about that. i gotta put that in my phone real quick so i can write about it later and that's kind of like i've i my brain has become a comedy brain it's become <laughs> it's become a brain that's ready to write at the drop of a hat mm-hmm do you carry like a notebook around or you just put it on your I carry I carry um scraps of paper. Okay. Like notepads mm-hmm. or things like that. And I'll just fold them up, put them in my back pocket, and then I'll write it down real quick. You gotta check out uh Moleskine. They've got these little cashier notebooks. Mm-hmm. They're perfect in a pocket, like a back pocket. Nice. I'll carry when I'm thinking about it, I'll put one in my back pocket and mm-hmm. I can carry around all day and not even notice. And it's great for that. You just pull it out, you can write. Mm. Mm-hmm. See I'm I'm weird though, because I like I like to write like main ideas and set lists down on mm-hmm. little pieces of paper, but when I'm like writing, writing like long form, I I want something like a big like a notepad. Really? Yeah. That makes sense. So you can have like your notepad and you have like your ideas over off to the side of the table mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, basically. Or I have them a, a list on my phone, mm-hmm. either on a notepad or my phone, and then I just I want a full piece of paper that way I can write out every little detail, even though I'm not going to use it. Mm-hmm. There's still like a possible bridge there to something else that makes sense yeah. and it's in your mind and you're focused on it i dig it that's a good idea i like it thank you that wasn't a strategy it just happened naturally. <laughs> well i'm stealing it so I'm st- <laughs> it's gonna happen i don't know there's a software writing program that does similar it's called scrivener and you can have like a main section and you have like all these little sidebars that you can like window next to it so you can have like hey here's your outline and here's the actual manuscript or that's awesome what's it scrivener how do you yep. spell that uh S-C-R-I-V-E-N-E-R. Nice. I'll, so, look, I'll look into that. It's kind of cool. That's what one of the softwares that I've spent money on. It actually works really well. Um, it just It's not Word, so it's harder to share with people. Mm-hmm. Like, like I have to export new weird stuff. But as a research, it's really good for research and writing at the same time. Have you ever like lost any of your writings? <laughs> yeah. And it, it's funny. I guess does... Does everybody think about that, like, losing things? Yeah, because, like, I was working, like, two jobs at the same time, mm-hmm. and I was just tired, and I wasn't thinking about it, and I washed my work clothes, and I had, like, a big stack, like, an mm-hmm. inch worth of notes in my back pocket, and they were just all gone, Ugh. and I was like, no, but it's okay. But the thing is, is with joke writing, is, like, mm-hmm. I rewrite so many times, like, mm-hmm. I'll have five scraps of paper and they all say almost the same thing. And you're and like, just, wait a second. It's <laughs> just, it's just my form of memorization. Sure. Is that's how I was in college. Is like, I'm gonna keep writing it down until it's just ingrained in my brain. Yeah. This is who I am as a person. <laughs> this joke. Yeah, basically. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a total loss because mm-hmm. I had like 
like I said, I keep the main ideas on the scraps of paper and I keep the, the big, like everything, big details in like a notebook or like a journal or like mm-hmm. a notepad, a big notepad. So luckily I still have them somewhere, even though, even if I lost them, I still have them somewhere. Gotcha. Unless I lost the big notebook, then I'd just be fucked. Well, you know, fingers crossed, no house fires unless you have really good insurance. Yeah. So bring me back my ideas insurance <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I was this close to being a professional comedian and the fire cost it to me so y'all owe me like 300 million dollars <laughs> i don't think a netflix special yeah no so i was broken in i swear i'll go back to the question you asked but mm-hmm. i was broken into once and they stole all my shit and it was awesome like i mean kind of scary but i got paid like market value by my renter's insurance mm-hmm. for everything I had an Xbox and they took my Xbox and it was like four years old. Mm-hmm. And so I sent it in my insurance. I was like, uh, here's this Xbox. It was $200. And they're like, well, Amazon shows it's $400. So here's $400. Did, I was like, did you have to have a receipt? No, I or sort a of photo. So they were pretty chill. I didn't have photos of much of anything. I think I had like a shot of my living room or something. Mm-hmm. Sent that to them. Um, I dumped like six months worth of Amazon order receipts to them. But like the Xbox one, like the big ticket stuff wasn't there. And they didn't even bat an eye. They're like, yep, here you go. So they stole my stuff and I got like $2,000 back. What company was it through? Uh, USAA. Shout out USAA. Taking care of our veterans. Yeah, on on renters, great. I don't know about the other stuff. (laughs) They seem reputable. So it was funny you asked me about the losing the writing. Because anytime I've talked to just about anybody, and especially kids, which, no, not calling names here. But the kids would ask me three questions. They would ask me if I'm famous, mm-hmm. if I spoke any other languages, and if I'd ever lost any of my writing. And so it's kind of funny because, like, the writing, yes, I I lost 30,000 words one weekend, mm. and it broke me a little bit. And by the way, I am a celebrity. You are. No, that's how you oh, follow up. <laughs> I was like, oh, fun. <laughs> uh, no, I also told them, no, I'm not famous in any good circles. Uh, and... Uh, not really on the language front either. Spoke a little Japanese, a little Spanish. Nice. But like, it's consistent. Like, it's weird. They don't they don't ask about the book or anything. They ask if I lost words or if I lost any of the book mm-hmm. and if I was famous and if I spoke languages all over the place. It was weird. Super weird. So nice. You're one third of the way there. So um, what, what was your process when you lost it? Were you trying to like re rehash where you were and everything? Sort of. So, I mean, it was, when I lost it, it was essentially an edit. So I'd, I'd written the words before and I'd mm-hmm. gone back through and I was re-editing what I'd written mm-hmm. and I lost both the original and the edit because I had like a data corruption on my laptop, um, which a, a negative side of Scrivener, it was a known issue and they're just kind of like, that sucks. And they supposedly had a fix for it. I couldn't make it work, which who knows, but that's when I swapped back to Word. Uh, but really I just... I buckled down. It was one of those things where I was like, this really sucks. But more than anything, I wanted to be the kind of person that like got past that. Mm-hmm. So it was less about writing the book and I cared that much about writing the book. It was more I cared about being the person who would, in the face of that kind of adversity, get past it. So, And it was all like exterior perspective. I was like, if somebody heard about this, I want to be able to tell them that like I just kept going. So, Gotcha. Otherwise, it was devastating. That was sad. That's a, that's a good way to handle it. I like that. Yeah, but it wasn't, like, internal. And that's what yeah. still kind of throws me <laughs> off. It wasn't like I was like, yes, I can get past this. It was mm-hmm. like, well, shit. I want people to think I can get past this. So I guess I'll just keep going. 
So yeah, well, it worked out. I guess we'll see. <laughs> that's what that's, about you? You ever lost anything that besides your uh, washing machine accident? No, besides that, no. Oh, good. And I just have like, I look like insane because in my room I just have like folded up pieces of paper, just mm-hmm. like stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks. I get that. And I just go through them sometimes and rework things. I keep my most recent stuff close to me, mm-hmm. but I never throw any notes away. So I'm like, I'm hoarding notes. So you're gonna have like drawers full. Yeah. Shit. Definitely. You are gonna start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, y'all owe me three hundred million, but it wouldn't have happened except for like the candle on my like mm-hmm. ten rooms worth of notes. <laughs> I'll just have a library of notes one day. That works. Yeah. Get someone to turn it into a book for you. Maybe. That works. Not a bad idea. Talk to a publisher. Mm-hmm. Are you? Uh, have you considered doing a audio book? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, uh, most of what I read, so to say, nowadays mm-hmm. is I'm listening to audiobooks while yeah, I'm driving. That's, that's most people. It's so much easier. Uh, you know, it's hard to cut out that time to, you know, read. Yeah. Um, I'll drive to Dallas and I'll get a book done. Mm-hmm. So I want to do the audiobook. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. The whole process is kind of weird. You can maybe do it yourself and just upload the file and hope it works. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like a podcast, you, there's a lot of moving parts there and I'm not an audio guy. Yeah. Uh, I've had two different friends that have offered to do the audiobook for me. Um, I'd assume I'd pay them something, but like I think they just wanted to try doing their hand in an audiobook because that's like something they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I can go through Amazon, and they will help me audition producers and actors to do it. Um, but I have to actually pay the producers and actors in some form or fashion, which is... That sounds unnecessary. Well, yeah, <laughs> but also they're doing work and they don't know me. So, uh, I have a friend that he's done an audio book and he said that they just took like a cut of the royalties. So I think they wanted like 50% of his royalties. So like, you know, Amazon takes 30%. So they want 50% of like that other 70%. And it might be different on the audio book. I honestly don't know the numbers, but he said he didn't actually have to pay him anything. They just took royalties. So if the book sells, they would take some, Mm -hmm. but other ones, I think you can be like, Hey, here's five grand, do my book, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not going to spend five grand on my book because again, we're already at like 16 to 50 years on uh, Mm -hmm. coffee expenses (laughs) before they get paid off. So, uh, it'll be something I'll do. Um, my desire would be to hit up one of the guys that offered to do it for Mm -hmm. me because that sounds more fun. It does sound fun, but they're not professionals. I've never done it before. Yeah. And if people are going to listen to it, I'd rather at least the production be good. Even if the story isn't what they want. That's true. That's so. a good way to put it. Do they have uh, the friends that offer? Do they have like a good place to record? Do they have the proper equipment? Are they just like, oh, nope. talking to a cell phone for you? Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, yeah, just just call me up and uh, you hand me the book and I'll just read it off for you. You're just so. reading it over the phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's kind of why I'm interested in like the audio podcasting equipment because you know for two hundred dollars, mm-hmm. if that's what the gear costs, you'd be like, hey, I'll give you two hundred dollars worth of gear. Yeah. You do the audio and you keep the gear as your payment and. You know, if you're about it, I got you started off. We both win because I didn't spend five grand or whatever. So yeah. we'll see. But I'm still in the process of getting all the marketing fully, like, up to par on the, you know, content cycle mm-hmm. and figuring out how the paperback and hardback options work, honestly. So audiobook will probably come a couple months after the book release. Gotcha. And when's the book release? December 5th. Ooh, yeah. perfect Christmas gift. Uh, Day of the Ninja. That is one of my favorite days of the year. 
Why is it the Day of the Ninja? It's International Day of the Ninja. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, you're supposed to dress up, run around as a ninja, do ninja things. Any and all ninjas? Yeah, I think anyone can do it. Cool. Uh, you know International Talk Like a Pirate Day? Yeah, I've heard of that. So that's like a, a real sort of official holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, this was, I think, a burger chain. Um was like, well, screw the pirates. We want to have a ninja day. And so they labeled it December 5th, Day of the Ninja. And all of my friends and I, we would celebrate Day of the Ninja, make little paper shurikens and throw them at people and dress up in black and run around at, like, the skate park and do, like, parkour. And That's fun. Uh, went in the mall, got kicked out of the mall, went into Best Buy. Uh, didn't realize how much trouble we were in at Best Buy. Uh, we just wandered around and, like, Guitar Hero 2 was out, I think. They thought they thought you were robbing them? Were you wearing the whole full... Yeah, they thought we were terrorists. Um, so dog food. there we go. <laughs> Got to feed the dogs. ASMR podcast. Man, that stuff's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. So yeah, they, uh, we had a friend that worked there that came in the next day and he hit us up and he was like, guys, they were flipping shit. You had like three undercover cops following you the whole time. <laughs> they were calling in the police department. Like we had memos going out. They went on high alert and we didn't even notice. We just, we came in, played some guitar hero, walked out. Didn't even know. You weren't doing any no. crazy ninja stuff? Oh, we like rolled around on the floor and stuff. Oh. And like that kind of thing. But like, dude, we were like 17. That's hilarious. So, but yeah, Day of the Ninja. Um, So going to have a, currently have a release party at my apartment, which you're more than welcome to come because I have way too much alcohol. Dope. And we're, I'm going to try and give it to everybody. But if it looks like it's actually getting too much traction, I'll probably go find some place to rent a building to feed alcohol to people and instead thursday december 5th yep yeah you know get drunk before work on a friday always so yeah that's all i got man that's fun that's about there all there is to it you know for now we'll see what happens next year very exciting stuff yeah well i feel like we're naturally coming to a stopping point hey Uh, sounds good i like to ask uh wrap-up questions hit me cool if you could uh go back in time or go to the future. If you had a time machine, okay. go to any point in your life and give yourself advice, uh, what would you tell yourself? Hmm. If I was giving myself advice, oh, what's the time frame? Like, is it a certain point that I'm going to? Like, am I hit, talking to eight-year-old Andrew, or do I get to choose when I go? Yeah, you can choose. You can talk oh. to baby you, talk to 98-year-old you. <laughs> I'm going to keep it simple. I just discovered a new life regret of mine that I didn't know I had. Hmm. Uh 2010 Andrew 2009 2010 Andrew freshman year of college I decided to go do a study abroad in Japan which was where the Japanese thing came from how pretentious I know right um (laughs) god it was expensive so I I spent 10 grand to go to Japan for three and a half months to study Japanese oh goodness uh because the other option was I could go to Spain to study Spanish Mm -hmm. and I was like Spain's dumb and I don't want to speak Spanish yeah, I went to Spain recently. That the trip with the uh, Tolkien movie, mm-hmm. and I wish I would have instead spent that ten grand to go to Spain for an entire semester instead of Japan for three months. I probably would have done the same. Yeah, just, so like that just one based on the women. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, Spain's a pretty place, man. Good food, pretty place, good weather. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would I would time machine back and be like, "Yo, bitch, mm-hmm. you're going to Spain." But was <laughs> was Japan a good experience? It was fun. It was a good time. Uh, Did you ever go by the suicide forest? No, God, I would freaked out, man. That place is interesting. Yeah. I kind of want to go see it. No, I was I was way too far away. I was on like the southwest side of Japan, mm-hmm. up in a mountain, and so 
They did have a sex museum, which was interesting, and a lot that of hot is. springs that were really cool. Do you see any sex robots? Yeah, they had Snow White and the Seven Dwarves having a, an orgy, animatronics. That was the main exhibit at the sex museum. And it's just a big museum for everyone? Uh, it was actually a really small museum. <laughs> um, Filled with dwarves. It was weird. Yeah, like they, <laughs> that was the main thing. Like you walk in, there's like a whole, like an actual room. Like they had like a glo- like closed off room. Mm. In Japan, you can't show genitalia. So like... If I've noticed that on videos that came across on accident that I've never seen before. Yeah, of course, ahead. of course. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they have this big window across like what would be like the living room, and it's got Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs mm-hmm. going to town. Mm-hmm. And if you looked at it head on, all of the anatomically correct functioning animatronics mm-hmm. were blurred out at the genitalia. But are, like, are they pretty hung for dwarves? Yeah, they were big, nice. big dwarves, man. It was a weird, it was a weird setup, <laughs> and it had a it had a track going with it too. It's like there were speakers that went with the animatronics. Oh, it's like Disneyland. Yeah, it was Disneyland. Exactly. It's a tiny world. Yeah. So there was that. Um, the only other thing I remember was they had a penis exhibit of all the animal penises. and Oh, that's funny. Yeah, they had a... Whales are huge. I think it was whales. My girlfriend and I um, were having a discussion on what a bear penis would look like, and so I Googled bear penises. Oh, shit. What did it look like? I'm curious now. Um, it's actually quite smaller than I expected. Uh, but there is, I found out, that uh, ancient bears, I don't know if all bears now, but there were ancient bears that they found like huge bones, and they, they had dick bones. So they didn't have to have like blood flow mm-hmm. to get erect. They were just always ready. They're, they were there. Yeah, they were just ready to go, like like anteaters, you know. Just ready to get in the hole. But I thought that was interesting, so I learned something. But I'm going to have to go look. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't get a good look at a bear penis, but... Google's my, there to, to help dismay. you out. Yeah. <laughs> Shaved bear penis. I wonder what else. I think that's probably all you need to search. So whales, whales were huge? Uh, I think it was whales. There was a couple that were right surprising. It would be right disappointing if, if, if whales weren't huge, you know. Well, so the bone thing, that's that was what was kind of interesting. They're like, hey, these are the ones that have bones. Yeah. So there's also some just, it was really educational besides the, uh, mm. the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I'm glad there's a little truth to the term boner because I was always like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But now it kind of does. Yeah. So. The other animals have a speed, I guess, there. What was the word you used? Rex? Rex? Did you say, like, when I asked, uh, it'd be weird if the whales weren't big and you, like, said, well, some are red. I'm not even sure. I oh. guess I've had too much whiskey. Maybe I, I think you were about to say a word and I interrupted you. No, you're good. What you were going to say. I was thinking maybe you were saying like some of their penises are inverted or something. No, but there were some of them that have like barbs because I guess all the sex they have is kind of rapey. Mm. Like cats. I think cats are kind of rapey like that. They've really? got like barbs on their cat penises. So they're like mm. a bunch of animals that essentially I guess the guy like jumps on and hold like it's a rodeo. Yeah. Which... Definitely. I've seen, it, I've seen it with these animals in here. Yeah. We go on the Aubrey Marcus route. That sounds like a tiring night <laughs> every day. Barbed. So it's like it's not satisfying for either of them or just the guy? I don't know. I guess just the guy. That's I so misogynistic. Not, yeah. The animal kingdoms. Come on, nature. A little sexist. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. Where would you go? Since I'm sure you've already answered that, but I haven't known. Where what was your uh, time machine option? Oh. It's a good question. See, I don't want to do like the generic thing, you know, where it's like I'd go back and do something. I haven't thought about it enough. Oh, dang. It's hard when these questions get turned on me. Let me think. Sorry about that. Um, I guess I'd go like 
you know, before I invested $20,000 into a degree. Uh, yeah. Be like, hey, this is pointless. Mm-hmm. Also, stop caring what people think so much and just find something that you really enjoy. That thing that's in the back of your head that you're afraid to tell people about is the thing that you're going to want to pursue. So stop lying to yourself and everyone else. God, that's good advice. Yeah. Dang, I wish <laughs> I would have done that too. Dang it. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I didn't talk about writing for ever. Like mm-hmm. this past year is really only the time I've been like, hey, by the way, I'm like 99% done with a book. So yeah. that's a thing. And people are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you just like coffee a lot. <laughs> That's funny. No, I remember in first grade, I knew I wanted to be a comedian. And I told my whole class and I told the teachers and everything. And then as I got older, it was just like, oh, I noticed other kids are like, I want to be a veterinarian or I want to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe I'm being unrealistic. I don't want to sound dumb in front of everyone. Yeah. I need to pursue one yeah. of those uh, <laughs> those normal jobs. Yeah, I need to be a normal person. And then... But man, we're going to stick it to them if you make it happen. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make it happen. Then you'll be like, look at me now. I put that on my Buddhas. Good. I like those, by the way. Yeah, they're fun. I got them as a gift from a local rapper. Shout out Black Sheep. He just went to perform in Dallas. Oh, cool. Yeah, very exciting. Hey, that's where Nick's at now. Yeah. DFW. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going. He's doing work out there. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's actually working with a lot of rappers right now, so that's cool to see. Mm-hmm. He hit the ground running. Yeah, he did good. I need to go see his new studio. Yeah, me too. He's a great guy. He's soft-spoken on the podcast, but... I could see that. Yeah, outside the podcast. <laughs> He's cool as hell. Well, cool. Who, who's your favorite person you've had on? I guess you don't have to pick favorite if you're out there, but like, what's the most interesting one you've enjoyed? No, definitely not Andrew. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, I, if you get more than two listeners, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's funny. Um, I've had on probably at least close to 80 people. I don't know. I've had on a lot of people. Um most interesting person i think dexter was really interesting um just because his knowledge uh on a lot of topics also that dude uh eric burdett i just had on i'm gonna gonna upload his episode tonight Mm -hmm. um that one was really interesting just the guys that are like really deep and like on just life god i need to step up on that game like I've had guys that like i I invite them on because i can see them perform Uh music and then they get on here and they're just like go <laughs> deep into spirituality and i'm just like whoa i didn't even know you had this side but it's awesome i wasn't ready <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't but it, i like it a lot there's a guy named jeremy delara who's like uh he used to be a youth pastor and he's had some tragedy in his life just like non-stop like his mother passed away and he was um with this girl um i don't know if they were in a dating type situation but someone had broken to the house mm-hmm. and it was like her ex and he like killed her and stabbed jeremy and like he lost he got stabbed like close to his spine so he like lost his ability to use his hand for like a year and he just barely recovered and he's still like going out he's like just a great story because he's like god no kidding yeah he's just suffering through all of it and still like finding time to to write music and it's just, it's really inspiring like that is next level he's an awesome human for sure i need to meet him send him my yeah. number for sure <laughs> you ever been stabbed i haven't been stabbed i haven't thank god yeah um but yeah i, I kind of want it like but like somewhere like i don't want to lose my hand or anything like you know just Mm -hmm. to say i got stabbed that'd be a cool story i want that story Mm -hmm. i really don't want to suffer for it though so like you know maybe an attempted stabbing someone could like wave a knife closely i could do that yeah just (laughs) be like oh yeah i almost got stabbed this one time on a podcast (laughs) i'll I'll nip your shirt 
there we go. Oh, there we go. That's been my favorite shirt then. <laughs> like, this is the one I almost got stabbed in. Yeah, it was very scary. It's my stabbing shirt. Yeah. That's, That's cool. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was trying to think of all the guests I've had on. I've had so many great guests. It's hard. Dexter's probably good. Like I said, I only, you know, mm-hmm. spent like an afternoon climbing with him, but he seemed really interesting. Does a lot of different stuff. He does do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's fun to talk to. Okay, another question I have. Oh, yeah, hit me. Um, Sorry, I'll distract you all day. Sorry. Oh, you're good. I like it. Uh, if you could go, or if you could make everyone in the world do something for 30 days, everyone in the world has to do it, regardless of what it is. It could be anything you want. Uh, what would you make them do? Ooh, see, this is where it gets tough, because I'm torn between my reading and my fitness. So on one hand, make everybody read a book, mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't read anymore. That's true. It's a lost art. Yeah. On the other hand, though, I really think, like, a good 10 push-ups every day or ooh, even better 10 pull-ups every day mm-hmm. that'd be great for 30 days 300 pull-ups we would have some lives changed but i mean there's a lot of people who can't do one pull-up they'd have to do that thing where they just kind of hang that's okay yeah or like some kind of assisted pull-up or something oh, yeah assisted we could definitely i mean assisted. if we got a magic bullet maybe it like magically lets them do 10 pull-ups mm-hmm. Or like, I guess, like someone spotting them. Maybe everybody's using the pull-up bar and you can just like spot everybody out. Yeah, grab my cheeks, help me. Yeah. But yeah, I dig that because pull-ups are so good for you. They are. So. Absolutely. I like that. Good answer. Cool. Good answer. I'm just trying to, you know, make America thinner. Mm-hmm. Make America thinner. You should run for president. <laughs> That'll be mine. <laughs> Read books, do pull-ups. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> good advice. Just every, every question. Just <laughs> What are you doing about Iraq? Uh, read some books, do some pull-ups, some out. Yeah, they'd be like, God, that is a good platform. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll bring you on as an advisor. <laughs> I feel like a VP today. <laughs> if ISIS would read some books and do pull-ups, we wouldn't have this problem. They'd be too busy reading and doing pull-ups and getting swole. <laughs> then we could bomb them when they're not looking. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do you think happens when you die? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Hmm. I hope... I really hope there's an afterlife mm-hmm. and, you know, heaven's a thing. Uh, if it's not, I guess that's the dice were or the cards were all played, but that's what I hope for. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I think that's a hundred percent, but, uh, that's what I want to believe in. For sure. Same. So, Feel the same way. Yeah. But we'll see. I guess, uh, we'll all see what happens when we die because none of us are getting out of that boat. That's true. Has anybody ever given you something weird on that question? Um, Aliens, you know, Jello. No, most most of the comments are. I don't think anything happens. Yeah. Um, and then you know I've had people who want an afterlife believe in that, but nothing real crazy without question. I'm I mean, trying to think because I've had some really interesting answers, but they're usually the other questions. Yeah. Um, but no, nothing crazy about that one yet. Well, there's not a, you know, say you bring up all the religions and then you know non-religion so to say mm-hmm. it's still pretty cut and dry either nothing happens or you go to paradise like yeah. everybody's got their form of paradise or it's nothing or anti-paradise yeah you know everybody Whoa. else has their hell but nobody's wanting to go to hell if it exists you know? i don't know there's satanic people so i don't know what their thing is uh men's health dude i love men's health <laughs> uh they had an expose on satanism i think mm-hmm. i think it was men's health but uh it's not what you think it is. The devil worship is just a jack with people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually... It's more of like a self-belief thing, right? Yeah, self-belief and hedonistic pursuit. Like Do what thou wilt. Yeah, do what, do whatever you want as long as it makes you happy. I forgot that dude's name. That guy, they, that's like a... He wrote the book of Satan. 
do with that wilt i'm gonna think of it uh he had like a big impact on like music too really this is a whole other thing we could go down but yeah. i'm gonna look him up real quick so i don't forget his name yeah, it was i think it was last halloween they had that expose or something because it was like yeah alistair crowley have you heard of that guy i've heard of crowley but i feel like he was just a character that played the devil in something versus him as writing that book because i i had him as a fantastical person in my mind not a person who wrote a book so no, no i don't think i've heard of him correctly well maybe I, I haven't looked into him enough but i just know he's like big on the the whole satanic word like mm-hmm. he's a big person in that movement gotcha pioneer so to speak well there you go yeah. he must have a lot of sex and drugs and alcohol yeah because that, that was their thing which honestly i think it's hilarious that like they at least what I heard about, they were Satanists because they were just like, yeah, we just wanted to mess with people. Like, we don't care about Satan. Mm-hmm. We do all of that other stuff just because it drives people nuts. Which is exactly what I would say if I was trying to lie about me being There Satanist. is that truth. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's cool. Like, we just like drinking. Don't even look close at the... Just hang out with us. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, just come on over. Like, it, we swear it's just a sex party. We are not going to sacrifice you. Promise. That's, no. a, that's a thing people make up about us. Yeah. And then when 3 a.m. holds... <laughs> Rolls yeah. around and just like we gotta sacrifice some blood. We gotta. They gotta go to the babysitter on you. <laughs> and next thing you know, the the cute girl's got a knife in your throat. Yup, Rob Zombie style. Mm-hmm. Which that guy? I don't know. He's interesting. Have you ever seen his movies? No. No, oh, it's crazy. It's a crazy guy. What's he? What kind of movie? What's? Um, he, give me one. He does horror films. He redid uh, Halloween, one that came out in like two thousand four ish. He did a Halloween and Halloween two. And uh, he did House of a Thousand Corpses, several, several like horror slasher films. Yeah, see, I don't watch those. They no. they scare me. I'm yeah, a he's, a, he's a scary guy. Scary guy for sure. Um, I don't even know why I brought him up. Anyway, <laughs> final <laughs> question: Can you remember a time you laughed the hardest? When did I? I there was a night pretty recently uh, when I just started dating my current girlfriend. Uh, hopefully, you know longer than just current girlfriend that's a weird way to put it uh but we had just started dating and we were hanging out and i think we were just making weird noises on the living room floor Mm -hmm. and we were just both cracking up and it just you know how it escalates you just you know someone's laughing really hard and they don't stop and the other person's laughing hard so you laugh at them laughing yeah and it just kept going yeah we got (laughs) stuck in that cycle for literally like an hour abs were hurting i don't even know what started i think we were just making noises at each other Mm -hmm. those are the best when you're not even like intentional yeah so i mean tears from my eyes it was so funny um it was either that or uh bo burnham's make happy special oh yeah uh i love bo gosh that is life-changing so i've laughed out loud pretty hard at some of his stuff there yeah that guy's a genius Uh, honestly like and he was doing all that at like 17 on youtube (laughs) doesn't it make you feel kind of like what am i doing yeah like a total failure yeah because he's yeah i think when make happy his final whatever netflix Mm -hmm. special for it was he was like yeah i'm 25 see you guys and i'm like yeah wow wow i accomplished all that before 25 yeah Yeah, i'm not on that boat (laughs) so i also saw zombie land 2 the other day was it good i laughed out loud at it we had some drinks beforehand Mm mm-hmm um, but that was definitely the most recent laugh out loud moment. I mean, I was cracking up. I'm trying to uh, go to the movies soon with my lady. We're either going to see Doctor Sleep or Zombieland Two. So, five dollar Tuesdays. Yeah, that's, that's what y'all going to hit. Probably what we're going to hit. Dude, it's the best. I'm going to go see uh, 
Jojo Rabbit. You know anything about that? No idea. Me neither. I was just thinking the other day, like, these movies keep coming out. Like, when I was younger, I used to know. Like, I used to see the trailers. Mm -hmm. Just know, oh, this movie's coming out soon. But, like, I don't watch TV. So, like, maybe they're marketing less or maybe I'm just not looking. But movies come out and I have no idea (laughs) what they are. (laughs) No, I feel that. There's... You look at the thing, I'm like, I haven't even heard of like six of these. Yeah. I feel like they're coming out with more movies than they used to as well. I think going to the Maybe movies is like escalated to like a more casual thing. So there's more movies just out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I went to the movies like twice a year when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I I knew what those movies and when they were coming like two years in advance. Yeah. Like you'd see the trailer. You'd yeah. get excited about it. But mm-hmm. now it's like Zombieland 2 came out. It's like, oh shit, I didn't know they made a Zombieland 2, but <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> that happened? <laughs> Yeah, no, and it's constant. Like, Star Wars I keep up with, I know that's coming. Mm-hmm. But also, they have great marketing. Um, most of the stuff, I'm just like, tonight I would like to see a movie. I look, I'm like, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. No idea that they're coming. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, well. The world we live in, we get all this mm-hmm. pleasure and entertainment. I we don't even like care. We might shift away from movie theaters altogether. But I like, it's going to be like a nostalgia thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, in 2030, they're going to be like, there's a movie theater in this town. We gotta go look at it. Yeah, like the drive-ins, how hard they are to find now. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like a museum. Well, I think that's why you know, like Alamo and Synergy and like the the dine-in movie theaters are such a thing because most people don't want to go to the movies anymore. Mm-hmm. But instead, it becomes an experience. Like, hey, come get your get your meal with your movie. So it's yeah. essentially you're getting dinner, but also you don't have to talk to the person. Um, <laughs> which we won't even get into that. But I got beef there. Um, or Alamo is like, they have the pre-show. And mm-hmm. so they have this special experience that's related to the movie and it's kind of communal, mm-hmm. but it's not actually the movie. So like you wouldn't get it watching it at your house. Do they still do midnight releases? Cause I remember that was a thing and they started dropping them at like 10 PM mm-hmm. and now it's at, like yeah, 7 PM. And it's like lost its whole specialty. Yeah. So now they just release the movies Thursday and like, I think it starts at like six or seven mm-hmm. and they have like four or five showings. No more midnight premieres. Yeah, there's nothing exciting about that. No. It's like, <laughs> I loved midnight premieres. It it's so like what fun. they did with Black Friday. Like you used to, I got to get up at 3 a.m. so yeah. I can get some deals. And now it's like, oh, just come while you're eating th- your dinner. Yeah, come between <laughs> meals on Thanksgiving. Like we have your post-lunch, you know, we got the pre-breakfast, we got the post-dinner, you know. And then they like have it staggered like, hey, we're open 5 to 7 when the guys next door are 7 to 9. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's bullshit. Total bullshit. Consumerism is just rampant. Yeah. So I have a cousin. Oh, you, you know Derek. You talked with Derek. Never heard of him. <laughs> I'll let him know. <laughs> hey, boy, you need to step up your game. He uh, he has a daughter. I don't know mm-hmm. if you mentioned that. Yeah. And I, this blew my mind because, again, movie theaters were my thing. Like, I would be so stoked if I got to go to the movie theater as a kid. I wanted to go see a movie. He had his kid. And I was like, well, bring her along. And he's like, well, I'll ask her. But she hasn't really been in the movie theater lately. And so they were going to go see, like, new Harry Potter or the new Star Wars or something. Mm-hmm. They got into the door, got the popcorn. She threw a fit. She was like, no, I don't want to be here. Movie theaters are gross. I just want to go home and watch a movie. What? But it made sense. So he's got a projector. Um, he's got, like, this 100-inch HD projector. Mm-hmm. Nice couch. Um, money's not an issue for food, so she mm-hmm. gets all the snacks she wants. And they can pause it. She wants to go to the bathroom. They pause. She goes to the bathroom. She wants to talk or go do whatever. Uh-huh. Like, it's her experience. She's not held within any kind of bounds of the movie starts here and it goes to here and you only get mm-hmm. these food options. 
at this time and you have to deal with all these other people yeah. and it's it's just whatever she wants you gotta hope hope there's a lull in the plot like okay i gotta go pee yeah. a minute and a half <laughs> yeah you don't there's no self-control required um period there's it's it's all consumerism and that's the thing you can now get higher level experiences at your home mm-hmm. than you can at the movie theater if you just have you know the right gear and a fire stick mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true but i love the movie theaters i'm never gonna stop going yeah the experience is it's like the same thing with like hastings oh, i was just thinking today like it would be so cool if i could just wake up and go to hastings <laughs> <laughs> someone's that's gotta soon someone's gotta swing back around and be like hastings revamped and then they mm-hmm. just make a place you can't yeah. even rent anything there it's just like movies that look like mm-hmm. they can be rented but it's just posters or something <laughs> like there's still there's still record stores around so it's like yeah i don't get how that is so successful still but. i have no idea but like if we can stop record stores we can still have we probably have to make a smaller hastings because that was there's a lot of square footage mm-hmm. and no one was really buying it well i would just go and look at stuff but it was like a fun library it was good. I liked Hastings. They had everything. Books, mm-hmm. movies, games. You food. could even look at like action figures. Yeah. I never bought them, but they were fun to look at. Yeah. I don't <laughs> have money until Hastings closed. And I was like, oh, Hastings, wait. Oh, I've been looking forward to this my whole life. And then you left me. Yeah. I wish I would have rented something before they closed down. Like I, I rented uh, my dog Skip from yeah. Blockbuster. Still got that bitch. Hell VHS. Yeah. <laughs> this is why they went out of business, actually. They're like, we're joking. They're like, look, a liquidation cell. And everybody kept the rentals. And they're like, shit, guys, we just lost our entire inventory. We actually have to close now. <laughs> we Probably. messed up. <laughs> Probably. That's what kind of what I'm hoping is happening with Suddenlink. Because like, uh, I moved out of my apartment. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take back their little modem. Mm-hmm. I just threw it in the garbage. And I'd be getting calls from like this collection agency. It's like, you still owe $100 for that modem. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get to it. So I'm hoping like maybe Suddenlink will just drop off the face of the earth. Or maybe they won't care that much about $100. I don't know. I don't know how this works. But I'm not going to pay you your $100 Suddenlink. So <laughs> I have an insider's knowledge on that, actually. Um, what they'll do is they – so you didn't return the modem. Mm-hmm. And so they'll write it off as a loss. Mm-hmm. And you know, put your name and info saying like, hey, this guy didn't pay us 100 bucks. So if you sign up with them again, they'll be like, hey, you owe us 100 bucks, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But – what they do is then they turn it over to a collection agency and the collection agency gets to keep whatever money they get from you. And so oh, it, snap. suddenly doesn't even care anymore. Like they might care if you come back, Yeah. but like at the agency's already calling you, they've already bought your information and attempt to collect from you directly. Oh. And suddenly doesn't give a shit anymore. That makes sense. Cause I've been on the phone. I was like, I can't verify who you are. So I, can I just take it to them? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, you gotta pay it. You gotta pay us today. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's, that's the thing. They bought your information. Or like as a bundle of information of like mm-hmm. people who owe money, so to say. Yeah. And they're hoping to just get some of that money paid to them because they paid Suddenlink like a penny on for every dollar you owe them or something. So that's probably never going away. Yeah. But go fight club, bastards. burn them down. I'll just about kill it. the collection agency so as a you, whole. Where are you guys located? Minneapolis? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Can I get that address? <laughs> and uh, what's your security like? <laughs> are guns allowed up there? <laughs> I'll pay it eventually. I don't know if it affects my credit. It probably does. Um, I can't. hundred bucks can't yeah, do that much, can't, right? It can't be terrible. I don't know how that works. I don't either. There's like I was the, hoping you would know. Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> there's like little aspects with the credit that I get. But like some of the things that affect it, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. having late rent hurts your credit more than it should. So maybe a modem not being returned is bad for you. Yeah, maybe so. But honestly, you just got to out earn it. You just make a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. 
or it doesn't even matter. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe next month. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, go ahead and sign off. Go check out this man's book dropping on the National Ninja Day. A Leaf and Pebble? A Leaf and Pebble. A Leaf in? And. A Leaf and. and. Okay, I had it right. And. A Leaf yeah, and it. Pebble. It's the first book of a trilogy. Um, you're going to love it, probably. I believe it. I mean, if not, you know, it's cool. If you like this man and his voice, you're going to love the book. Well, thanks for having me. This has been yeah, fun. Thanks for being on. It was, it was a lot of fun. We can uh, do it again when your next book comes out in eight years. Sounds good. Let's give it ten, though. I want right. to have some time. Ten <laughs> years from now, we'll meet up again. I'll have gray hair by then. So oh, Same. I won't have any. That's cool. Good. It was good, man. Oh, you won't have any hair? No, no hair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to tell the people uh, anything else where they can find you, social media, anything like yeah. that? AndrewAMonroe.com is the website. Um that combination of letters and words will get you to the website, Facebook, wherever. But really, a leaf and pebble is all that really matters. A leaf and pebble. Check mm-hmm. it out on Amazon. Pre-order for four ninety nine right now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> this is fun.